And welcome to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, Kevin Clark, your co-host. Uh, across the table from me is... Travis Boat. Yeah. And what's his name? Caddy Corner from you. Mm-hmm. It's me, Matt Lynch. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Episode Matt, 13. Matt, Lucky went, 13. You just went oh. to New York. Let's talk about New York real quick. New York was great. I had some good Chinese food and I did a lot of drinking. How many of the seven boroughs did you go to? Uh, Name the boroughs. Brooklyn? Yes. New York? The Bronx? Yes. Saskatchewan? Yes. Uh, uh, Tacky Town? Tacky Town, I missed. <laughs> Disneyland? Uh, Carnival Land? Carnival Land was great. Good hot dogs. How were the carnivals? <laughs> mm, not interested. I've heard that the carnivals haven't been very good there since the 1800s. Mm, they're letting too many of the undesirables in there. Ooh, yikes. Cheese uh-huh. taking a man's hard, you know, Car- hard line right wing, by the way, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that? Did you, had you picked up on that? You know Carnival Land is where they invented pork. Uh, not, ugh. You know, oh, yeah. it's not, not only hot dogs. Did you, Why uh, did you even go to New York? Did you have you any? Like... Did you have any gabagool or anything? I did yeah. not have any gabagool or capicol. Uh, did you have any? Oh, I had a lot of oh. You got a lot of people yelling, "Get out of my way!" Whoa, I did. I did I'm notice that, I did Whoa. actually notice that jaywalking is a huge thing there. Like nobody pays attention to when you cross. Yeah, you just yeah, go. It's like that in any real. There's big, no. There's in any no, real big city. It's, no, it doesn't really happen as much here. But that's what I'm saying. There, I, that's why I said any real big, real big city. city. Like okay. I mean, because when I was in Paris recently, it's the same thing. Yeah. No, they just go, they just walk in cars. There's cars no cars just, coming. I'm just going. There's cars everywhere, and cars are just like we're just. This is how it is. Yeah. Well, they're all in this packed world. We're like, no, allowed. traffic is never going to move, and people are just going to cross the street whenever they want. Technically, the cars aren't allowed to hit you. You you get yeah, to go. exactly. I read somewhere that 80% of the population in New York City are like insurance scam artists, so they're just trying to get hit by cars so yeah. they can shake you down. Damn. Yeah. It was great. Cool. That sounds great. I didn't get shook. You didn't get shook shaken. at all? Yeah, well, that's good. Up or down? Neither, you got neither shaken up nor down. Mm-hmm. Are you disappointed a little bit? No, because the, don't we kind of go there? Good, I had some good food. If you get uh-huh. shaken down, if you get shaken down, that and you, then you, that results in being sh- shaken up, I believe, right? Tell me this, Matt. <laughs> Are you capable of eating bagels? I didn't have a bagel, but I am Jesus. capable of eating them. Can you? you can't eat pizza. You can't eat bagels. And I you hear, went to New York anyway. I hear the only good bagels are in New York because they make them with special water. Yeah, the that's only, what I've heard. The only, good, New the only good anything comes from New York, and I'll tell you who tells you that. New Yorkers. <laughs> Hey, the fucking pizza is so better than it. And you're like, hey, how Wait, much better can it be? How does the it go? fucking pizza is so better than me, me, me. That is remarkably accurate. It's just pizza. How much having, better can it be? Having been in New York, unlike Were they all jokers. like that? Do they all talk to you like that? No, I've been from, to New York. No, you haven't. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay. Wrong, Kevin? Oh, wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Fake news. Whatever Matt wants. Five, five Pinocchios, Kevin. <laughs> five Pinocchios. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. Mostly I spent the weekend in uh, in a place called White Plains in a hotel room. Ooh. That was good. I watched. <laughs> I was just holed up in I was a there hotel for, room. My girlfriend was, I was there with, with my girlfriend. She had a family wedding okay. and like she had to go out you for You didn't a go day. to the wedding with her? I went to the wedding. Oh, okay. I'm getting there. All right, fine. But uh, get you to know, the wedding. She had to go and get like all her hair and makeup done and shit. So I'm stuck in the hotel room. I got nowhere to go. And uh, I ended up. So I spent a whole day on vacation with room service, and I watched Coneheads and Spider Man Three on cable. Good day. Uh, Boy, was it? I actually enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Well, 
Did you enjoy the movies or you just enjoyed the situation? I kind of did enjoy Coneheads, and I'll tell you why. Because that's a terrible, terrible movie. Okay. But it has like a knockout cast. Like yeah. everybody's in it. And uh, when you're getting room service you don't have to pay for and it's 2 p.m. and you haven't gotten any of your PJs yet, yeah, it's a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get from room service? Just breakfast. I picked at it all day. Just some breakfast. You just picked, you just picked breakfast? a runny egg with your, I don't, with I don't your eat, fingers all day? You know, day? here's the reason I don't have a bagel. I don't really like to eat in the morning. I yeah. eat late in the day. Yeah. I, yeah. I finish each day with about six bagels. <laughs> I mash them. I have a little machine that mashes the them into a, yeah, yeah. They, a Ron Popeil bagel It weighs masher? about two and a half pounds, and it's about the size of a Rubik's Cube. Jesus. Yeah. It's dense. <laughs> it it's really dense. is. It's made of unobtainium. It, it hurts like hell once I've eaten all of it, too. Yeah. It's because it's not for, they're not wait, New York actually, bagels. Wait, the machine it's they're is not, the size of the Rubik's Cube, or the, the, the thing when that I'm it done, produces? When I'm done mashing the bagels, it's about the size, the size of, of a Rubik's smallish cube. Rubik's Cube. But is it? But it's denser With the than the density it, of uranium. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it's got an event horizon, and like, I don't chew it. I just swallow it. No whole. seasoning can escape from this bagel's density. Yeah, that's the selling point. Frankly, this is a good riff. <laughs> Another tangent. Well, now that you pointed Yay. it out, let's move on. Yeah. Well, what are we doing today? <laughs> Episode thirteen is. Keaton ain't cheating. Keaton ain't cheating. Okay, Keaton ain't cheating. Three hastily selected Michael Keaton thrillers. <laughs> it say, turned out to say, not be very good. Let's say two. Let's say three hastily selected Michael Keaton movies. Two of which, two of are, which thrillers, are thrillers, and one of which has a thrilling thriller, moment or thriller two. Elements is a weird. Cop it tur- drama it kind of turns into that a thriller. We thought was going to be a thriller. Sort of. Uh, it's we're still <laughs> we're starting with 1990s Pacific Heights. Moving on to the following years, One Good Cop, mm-hmm. followed by. 1998's Desperate Measures. Carter Hayes has come to San Francisco. He will search for the perfect apartment. He will find the perfect landlords. And now, the game begins. I'm uh, I'm your new tenant. I'm Carter Hayes. Melanie Griffith. Matthew Modine and Michael Keaton. Mr. Hayes? Yeah, so let's uh let's just dive right into Pacific Heights. All right. Guys, this is so this takes place across the across the country from New York City in, in San Francisco. Beautiful San Francisco in the Bay Area. I watched this movie a ton when I was a kid. I like taped it off of HBO, watched it over and over and over again. I've uh, seen it. I've seen it I, once before, probably fifteen years ago. Didn't remember a goddamn. This thing. is a movie about. It, how, it's a movie that begs you to remember a goddamn thing from yeah. it. And I watched it yesterday. It's pretty uneventful. It's the first time I'd seen it was but yesterday. But it's, it's uneventfulness is not something I'd noticed in a long time. Yeah, I it's mean, probably also, probably when you were younger and you watched it, it seemed more eventful. Right. It seemed very exciting. It's also deeply pro landlord. <laughs> That's what. That's one of the. Well, there's a lot of problems going for this movie. Chief among them are the fact that it's uh, making you. That's on the side of landlords. And boy, being a landlord and dealing with Tough. fucking tenants, huh? Tough. Am I right? That's strike and one. I, I feel like pimping it's, ain't easy. I feel. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know that this has been very well researched because I feel like these landlords have wit. Like they, no, everybody's no, throwing Kevin. up their hands, going. Landlords we have don't know. no rights. Landlords have nothing. Especially in San Francisco, <laughs> renters have all the power. Yeah. in San Francisco. I mean, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, this have... movie is you know 20, 30 years old now, almost. Oh God. Uh, so I mean, maybe things were different. <laughs> no, but but my, okay. but they weren't that different. So let's, they let's... Were, they, okay, they were different, but not yes, but not certainly, that different. But also, I mean, it feels like San they're Francisco they're in the same insane, general <laughs> economic situation. 
Also, okay, let's just jump let's, in. Let's apply to Melanie Griffith and her boyfriend Matthew Modine okay. decide to go into business together. They're going to buy a fancy house in a nice neighborhood in San Francisco, rent out a couple of the apartments in the house, like make apartments out of the house, mm-hmm. and rent them out and 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 make a profit. Uh, this so is, they'll pay uh, for their house because they're they're paying too much for this house. They, they can't afford it. it's gonna it's it gonna is, wipe them out. It and is, so they need the rent. And so this is that's a very insanely San Francisco y house too. Yes. Like yeah. it's on a hill. It's a gorgeous like bay window mansion. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure it's the same house that Mrs. Doubtfire lived in. And uh, bullet. <laughs> How about that stupid scene where they buy the house and they're knocking down the for sale sign and then the whole neighborhood is out cheering them yeah. on? What the fuck is that all about? <laughs> My favorite thing about the opening part of this movie where they buy the house is that it turns out that the house costs Uh $750,000. By today's standards, a meager $750,000. And the mortgage on this fucking mansion that they can never possibly afford is $1,500 a month. It is a a fixer-upper. And it's a fixer-upper. But But that fixer-upper would go for like $3 million now. I have to say, with no no exaggeration, this has, in in reality, in the real world, this specific house in San Francisco, which does exist, if you were to sell it... Did you look this up? No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just guessing, knowing the way how fucking nuts things are there. Jeff Bezos could not afford this house. This house would go for like 15 to 20 million dollars. It's a very expensive house. It's huge and it's like central and it's it's classic. And in the condition Technically though, I did look this up. The house where they shot the movie does not actually exist in the Pacific Heights neighborhood. Different neighborhood. Oh, interesting. Well, fuck this movie. Can we we skip this movie then? (laughs) Yeah. You lied to us, Pacific Heights. Before, anyway. we get in, before we get into all the minutia of uh, Modine, cool Modine, as I like to call him, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's like, and that's like funny because it's not true. Well, the, no, he's also everything not cool. in this movie is his fault, and Michael Keaton is the bad oh, guy. Oh, he's so. Well, every, well, yeah. we'll, we'll get into Modine, but, yeah. but before we get into the, the meeting, this charming couple um, that are the protagonists of this movie, the opening scene is Michael Keaton yeah. in a sex scene, and Beverly uh, D'Angelo. Like one of the first things that you see is boobs. Yeah, and this, the, I remember this very vividly because when I was in middle school and this came out in sixth grade, a girl was explaining, watching this to me, I couldn't watch R-rated movies at this point, so I lived vicariously through my friends and this girl was describing it in horror because of the boobs and she goes, there's this woman at the beginning of this movie and you see like her whole boobs. <laughs> that's just a thing that's been in my brain. Like I just wow. remember her vividly. Whole boobs. You see, her you whole see boobs. like her whole boobs and she was like appalled. It was really funny. <laughs> Anyways, you do see this uh, woman's whole boobs. While the like pretty good Hans Zimmer score plays. It's wound up in place. trailers throughout the 90s, the it's score an, for this movie. all over the place Hans Zimmer score. Because yeah. at the beginning, it's kind of jazzy, and then it's kind of Hans Zimmer poppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he uh, and and she's there's like ice cube play and he rubs an ice cube all over her back and she goes, so gentle, <laughs> so gentle. Yeah. I'm kind of reveling in How this opening scene. Uh, I've said it a couple times, but you were asleep when True. I, when I snuck right. into your mm-hmm. apartment. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I'm just gonna revel in this sexiness uh, a little bit more than I would usually because it's the only sexiness we're gonna get in this <laughs> whole show today. <laughs> yeah, there's and, no other sexiness. You, and you think that like this movie with that start, you're going, okay, this is gonna get kind of sexy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. it. I get it. Michael Keaton, he's sexy with this lady. Okay, he's going to meet this couple, and the lady and him are going to 
like it's gonna kind of be there's gonna be some sparks or and it, no, it's but anyways nope. Keaton, so Keaton's in uh in the f- fooling around with the lady yeah. these dudes the, come in the lady her whole her, her whole boobs her on whole display. boobs are out and then these dudes like bust in and beat the fuck out of him with a baseball bat. And he's and like, oh, the worst part's over. You're screwing That's everybody, aren't says. you, you son of a bitch? Yes. And then one of the things that I enjoyed about it was where they beat the shit out of him with the bat, and when they're walking away, one of them goes, that should do it. <laughs> and then he goes, "Then he goes, you, uh, I'm going to go see my family. You'd like my family. And it shows a picture of him and another boy as boys with an orangutan. And yeah. you're like, well, this is going to be interesting. And let me tell you. <laughs> and it isn't. It is the le- It is not interesting. They, and the, they, the they monkey is never on, explained. They linger on this picture of the brothers and the orangutan a lot, or whatever, yeah. monkey. And and it's just, it's only kind of just talked about and in passing. And it's like the director, uh, is it the same? John Schlesinger. John Schlesinger, Schlesinger yeah, yeah. director of Midnight Cowboy. And you, but you think like, you feel like, Oh, there's gonna be something real dark, and it just turns into it's. No, it's, it's about like, tenants' rights, man. But like, I mean, you think like his whole past with his family. You know, why are they focusing on this picture so much? And it just turns out he was like a. He's bad, just a he's, shitty dude. He's just a shitty rich guy who got cut out of his family fortune. He's, mo- like, he's also the most brilliant that man. Sucks. Can we? Sorry to, second, sorry to spoil the. I don't want to get ahead twist. of us, but can we? Does anybody have any idea of what uh, what Michael Keaton's game plan is here? Like, what's he after? I uh, does he no, just want to? Does he just want to fuck these this couple over? Well, he like they sold they. He's a con artist, clearly. Yes, it's uh, the the lawyer they, basically says that at the point when uh, he, he's he's basically he's there to. There's a several different cons that he could several different angles he could do, and the one that they end up go that he ends up successfully his hitting identity. on. Uh, well, there's that too, but the one that that's like the big hit for him is that uh, he gets Matthew Modine to kick his ass, and then he's then it's a suit that he's going to sue Matthew yeah. Modine, right? And so he, I think, with a con artist, I like feel like him, that's what like, he's doing at the beginning of the movie too, right? Isn't it the same scam? Yeah, uh, they've and then she, the idea she explains is, it later. Beverly and Jill says that they like hassled this guy it was some guy in the house and like they did a similar scam and now they basically just <laughs> own, own the house, own the house. Yeah. yeah they just live there and so those guys at the beginning were beating the shit out of him because he ripped their boss off or this, whatever this does take place in the same world Ooh. that star chamber did and several other movies that we watched where justice simply does not Doesn't exist, exist. For, for innocent people criminals run rampant the, the law is here to protect criminals so did we even get to the part how they're looking they're trying to fill they're trying to fill these apartments yes. right there's a whole there's a whole cute scene reminiscent of single white female where yeah, they're, they're the Montage. They're interviewing. They have a montage interviewing different people, and they keep like lowering the rent a little because they haven't found somebody yet. This and that. And then um, yeah, it's I- amazing that they can't find people to move into this <laughs> gorgeous cheap apartment. Then, then, thousand, uh, like, the rent for, for the for the individual units is like a thousand dollars. Yeah, right. And the whole mortgage is fifteen hundred. <laughs> uh, pretty good. They finally find yeah. a, a hilarious Japanese couple played by Mako. Mako, yeah. And uh, I don't know the another know lady the actress's name. But I only say they're not they're not actually hilarious. But the movie the movie seems to think that it's like really interesting. That's and real cute. It, the Hans Zimmer score every time it shows these people is like this. It actually does of, like the Oriental it, it does, music. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really it's bad. Unfortunate. It, you're like Jesus fucking Christ. Because their yeah. performance is perfect. This isn't like outsized or uh, cartoonish. It's, there's or like anything. a part, there's like a parts where they're like yelling at each other in Japanese, and it's clearly it's, supposed. But it's supposed to. It's it's the movie the movie treats it in a way that's like like oh uh, their look, performance they isn't weird, but the script stereotypes them pretty yeah. badly. Like. You know the fir- one of the first things we see is once they move in is like oh there's Mako and he's doing some Tai Chi oh, or he whatever does do that tai chi is in yeah. the rain you no, know because it's cause not it, it it wasn't as bad as I thought but it it, it it didn't go as far as but it was kind they're of very, just the music alone very was like expressly oh. Asian <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which which means like get these people into this house right now we <laughs> we cute. want them to sign a lease right now I wish Mako was in it more I love that 
guy's voice he's was great. so great. Especially when he's like being apologetic about the bad shit that's happening to everybody. He's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm sorry, we are leaving apartment. <laughs> <laughs> guy's got a great voice. He's the my favorite, one of my favorite TV characters of all time, Uncle Iroh from Avatar: The Last Airbender. He also has one of the greatest lines in the history of cinema. Like Conan, what is best in life? I mean, that's oh man, oh man, (laughs) yeah, classic stuff. He plays one of my he plays another one of my favorite TV villains uh, from uh, Samurai Jack. Also, that's right. That's right. He plays Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack, (laughs) it is me. Also, Samurai Jack. (laughs) He's something. Yeah, I don't know what that show. I'm just kidding. I know what that show. Aku, yeah, yeah. Aku. Anyways, he's not a huge huge part of it. They 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 move in. They're barely in. Well, then then there's a. They try to rent. Well, Carl Lumley shows up as a as a as a character who wants to rent one of the rooms. Yes, and then. Melody Griffith is he seems kind of shady because he's like I don't want to give you my credit information I really want this apartment right now he needs it now and he, can he get needs it. it now and he can he's get it right recently now recently left his wife yeah he's she, kind of he needs actually, a spot she actually plays this by the book and it comes back later and he's shitty about it and I'm like I don't think that this is the right he totally move, plays it by movie. the book and he, but he's already suspicious of her at the beginning he's like you're only playing it by the book because I'm black. Yeah, he implies this directly. He's to been her. through. The, he's been through all tons, been tons of it. shit with this, though. Yeah, and, and he's and he says that to us, and he, he's fairly sympathetic. And then, uh, but and, he actually but does he, drop off his application, and then he does it doesn't drop his get, application. Doesn't get noticed. It gets missed when the Japanese couple are moving in. They yeah. just they lose it. And this is where you get Nugget One of like Matthew Modine, like being somehow the least sympathetic character in a movie that features a criminal sociopath well, this invading his home and trying to murder. It's him. important that like Melanie Griffith was very very strict with this guy because she's like no I'm sorry we can't rent to you unless we have all this information and all this money and this credit information blah 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 and this application do it by the book do it by the book and so because then it's important then, because then when when Michael Keaton comes in and starts dealing with Matthew Modine, it's like, uh, sure, I'll just take. Uh, you give me a wire transfer next week or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, I don't. I don't want to fill out an application <laughs> because I'm so rich and I have so much money and disp- I have so much disposable income. I can't fill out an application and you can't do a credit check. So you yes. understand. Well, all the money comes through my trust and my trust is weird and blah blah blah. And Matthew Modine is like, well, here are the keys. But, so, be- <laughs> but before this happens, there's a, a line where Matthew Modine's talking to Melanie Griffith about the uh, about the black guy who who wants to move in and he's like maybe he's one of these minority scam artists <laughs> that get you so worried about discrimination that you don't check their credit some of these people can be pretty shrewd and you're just like boo <laughs> fuck you we, and this is just like the one of the first things that Matthew Modine says can we jump ahead and talk about how that guy pops up again later no, well, yeah, no, let's, uh, let's just, just, just go another line a very I think we should get to that that, that probably okay. NIMBYs say all the time forget. in this town as he goes it's not a racial thing it's just common sense yeah Boo. Yeah, it's um, that's that's like Matthew Modine at his most likable in this movie. Too. This movie is the safe yeah. Seattle favorite movie. Yes, seriously. But, but, we gotta get all these fucking homeless people out of here. They're shooting up in the they're shooting up in the alleyways and they're just ruining the city. Seattle is dying. Uh, Seattle is. Where's dying. Michael Keaton? But Matthew Modine, if he's supposed to be like a sympathetic uh, representation of this of this kind of person, he is plays like the biggest piece of shit. It's all in and the it, world. everything that happens is his fault. He's such everything garbage. that happens. He's easily manipulated and stupid and racist. <laughs> And like a font of rage. Yeah. He is so enraged all the time. And then at certain points you feel like he's you're afraid he's gonna hurt Melanie Griffith. There's one time when they're getting That's like true. we're going too far into it, but like we're like something's something happened in the garage. This is well into Michael Keaton fucking with their stuff. He's, and Michael Keaton, by the way, it starts fucking with him immediately. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. He doesn't do like a day where he's like, Maybe I'm a nice you guy. You know, he doesn't even pay just, him the first month's rent. He just moves in. Yeah. And so, they're both surprised. Yeah. And Michael Keaton is like kind of barely in this movie. 
for like a long period of it. He's not, not even, enough. Keaton. Not he enough shows Keaton. up in a Porsche and he's just like, I'm super rich and I want this apartment. You know, blah 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 blah. You can't check my credit. Before we know it, he's moved in, and before we even know that, <laughs> he's changed the locks and he hasn't paid the rent. No, and guess what? He's gone, and there's some other guy in the. There's apartment. another dude in there. Guess what? <laughs> then this is now we know this from watching Pacific Heights. You get in there, no matter what. Now you have all the rights. They mm-hmm. can't do anything. They can't do anything. And if they try to get you out of there, they will send you to Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, they will reopen Alcatraz as a prison and put you in it. Pacific Heights is actually Jesus where Christ. Alcatraz is. So. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, so Keaton moves in. He's uh, he's a he's a bad he's just a bad guy. But you don't know what his deal is. Whatever but then also you don't do. see him for a while. You don't yeah, know what he's trying to do. Construction noises. There's even a guy. kind of by the end of the movie, you still kind of don't know exactly what he was trying to do. Sort of. He was trying to make the apartment <laughs> fucked up. He's trying to fuck That's up okay. the apartment. There are two things that he does. <laughs> How does that get him money? I, I'm not sure. There, yeah, there they, are they two. Stole, I mean, he steals all the appliances and they so and stuff. So I guess they sell those or yeah. whatever. Yeah, is that what he was trying to do? They, I mean, they do that. So I don't one know. Of, maybe that was scams. maybe that was like his like final plan. One He's of the like, scams okay, is they take out the cabinets, the sinks. The dishwasher, everything's gone. The light fixtures. You, you find gone. this out like way into the movie too, like because you never they really finally see get in there. Yeah, uh, and there's another guy live in, in there too, who's, who's like, like his doing, partner. doing some of the he's work, like helping him tear apart. Looks just like Roger Daltrey of the Who, <laughs> and they're just they're just like constantly sawing in there all the time, and and it makes they 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 force he forces the other the nice Japanese couple out by uh, with all the noise and by by, by letting a bunch of cockroaches bunch loose of into the building. Into building yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Michael Keaton moves in. <laughs> And he stops. He immediately doesn't pay any rent. And then uh, the the stress of of this whole situation just wreaks havoc on Melanie Griffith and Matthew Modine's relationship. So she becomes pregnant, has a miscarriage. Before before we get to the miscarriage, can I just do, do the line where she says that she's pregnant? Another another strike. One of the thousand strikes against Matthew Modine. Let's do it. But they're kind of stressed out, and she goes, <laughs> and they're and they're talking about how he, how he's fucking with them, and then she goes, "The doctor says I'm pregnant," and Matthew Modine goes. Congratulations. <laughs> Matthew Modine is, never does anything is that isn't so, bullshit. He's so boring, too. He, so, like, yeah, just like, the stress causes her to have a miscarriage. They're in financial ruin because yeah. one guy isn't paying the rent. By the way... Just, just well, because they put all their money into, into this the building, thing. and so the rent was to help was gonna be. And they were stretched as it is. They yeah. get they get a lawyer. The lawyer says the tenant. There's nothing you can do lawyer, about this. The tenant has all the lawyer rights. Metcalf. It's Laurie Metcalf. Lawyer Metcalf. Lawyer, That's lawyer, right. Lawyer Metcalf. And uh, and then <laughs> who's, who's use, Michael who's Keaton useless. drives them so crazy that he basically goads Matthew Modine into assaulting him physically. First, well, first Matthew Modine shuts off the power and the gas and the heat and everything, which you find out then means that like it's evidently illegal and is, is like, like some totally weird transgression. And he can't like it's like you can't. You can't, you can't do that. That means, and I'm sitting here watching this, going like, "Is it? I think they could probably do that." Yeah, the the, the lawyers and the cops are like, "You turn off this guy's power, he can legally own your children." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the worst thing that you can do. It's the children that you're going to lose yeah. because of the stress of this horrible situation. Yeah. <laughs> he technically owns your parents now. I, I, these are the laws. That judge and the cops, the cop that talks to Matthew Modine earlier about it, are so annoyed. At like Matthew Modine and his wife, they're like they seem like. But like, fucking, you don't fucking know this that renters have in, all the rights. You fucking idiot! Like the cop defense, talks to him, and then the judge Matthew also. Matthew Modine talks to him. is constantly screaming at. Everyone. He is. He is. Yeah. But it's just it like takes place in this world where like that is unrealistic to start with. Yes. As, as so whether or not who, this guy was an asshole, it seems like if you're like, hey man, this guy won't pay my rent, and yeah. I'm being cool about it. I don't He's know. And this cop, cool it feels like it. the cop in this world would take him aside and go, hey, listen, fuck nuts. 
Yeah. It's, you don't have any fucking rights. Get a lawyer, I guess. Anyway, go fuck yourself. That's so, how it feels like the justice system is stacked in this in this pretend world <laughs> is like so stacked against these poor yuppies yeah. who bought this house. Anti-landlord uh, propaganda. <laughs> there. Hard to believe anybody owns land the way that That's things right. are set against lording them. Lording it over landlords. people. <laughs> and they're lording it over people, but you know, the law's lording it over them. Uh, so, I, I just like a one, one parallel to another movie that we saw, there's a fantastic through the keyhole scene oh, where, yeah. I, where Matthew, uh, where uh, Michael Keaton changes the locks because Matthew Medine's going to go in and kick them all yeah, out. Yeah. He's, he's had enough. And then he's like, he puts the key in and it won't go in and, he, and you see Matthew Medine through the keyhole just like Mark Wahlberg and Fia. He's like, <laughs> yeah. you changed the fucking locks! <laughs> and then this, at this point, Keaton like calls the cops on him and the cops show up and then he's just screaming at yeah. the cops and this is when he's, he hasn't paid the rent or even a security fucking deposit. And the cop goes, take it easy. Or no, it's Patty, uh, Melanie Griffith goes, take it easy. And he goes, look, I can handle this Patty. He's just screaming. <laughs> he's constantly. an abusive man. He's the a bad man. The cop has to like take him away. He has to separate him from his own girlfriend. She, it's amazing the cop doesn't like put him in cuffs and like throw but then, him in but the But then ground. the cop gives she him like fucking, a nice lecture about how like you yeah. have ruined this whole situation That's what I'm, that's for what I'm saying is that it's all just like this yeah. thing where he doesn't take him aside and go it's fine you're the landlord and we'll get this guy evicted which no. is what would happen in reality. He's Instead it's like hey man you really fucked this up hard. You blew it. <laughs> you blew it. Well you guys are white but the guy that you don't like is also white so our hand, we don't know what to do Jeez, in this situation. Oh and then <laughs> speaking speaking of uh, running to white people then they go to the cops uh-huh. and who's the cop that well, they go to? Well this is later to? they go to the cop because before they go to they go to that and then Matthew Modine gets shot and put in. Was this after Matthew Modine gets, gets, gets shot? He gets shot by Michael Keaton because he assaults him or whatever and then he gets put so he gets has a restraining order then he goes back to the house and Michael Keaton's like hey man you're not supposed to be here he's like I just want to see my girlfriend he's like that's too bad nope and I'm gonna he, shoot you and he shoots him <laughs> And so she goes and to the I, cops, and I, and I go. Ugh. And it was good because <laughs> it's, it's like someone turned down the TV. It's actually or the best like part of the movie because then Melanie Griffith is like doing this whole investigation. That's on the best her part own. of the movie, and she becomes. No, Dean is out of this. And actually, thing. it's a whole. She's like she's pretty good in it with what she's given. Like she's she and she. It seems like someone who should leave this guy. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're constantly worried constantly. about her. But you know, you, it's but a movie. It, okay. and so you know, she's not gonna. But then she goes. So she goes to the cops. Wait, and I want to. I want to double back. I want to double back because I want to point on a couple things. One. We still haven't known, determined what Michael Keaton's scam is, no. but my favorite scene in this whole movie is the most evil scene for him, where, where he's sitting in this apartment that's been ripped to shreds for reasons unknown, and all he's doing is sitting in the dark, yeah. watching static on television and playing with cockroaches. Which yeah. references two other uh, Michael Keaton movies, White Noise oh, yeah. and Beetlejuice, and Beetlejuice. <laughs> where he eats yeah. a cockroach. And he just, it's like, he, he's holding a cockroach he in his fingers, doing? and then he pops it in his mouth and goes, know what I mean? It's great. <laughs> he goes, smoke it. He's, yeah. This is how evil he is. But this, is also, this is also how Michael Keaton has barely been in the movie, and yeah. so you're just supposed to intuit, like, well, he's, he's bad. Doing he's bad, just evil. He's doing bad things, and so I guess he's bad. This was the movie, I believe this is the next movie he did after Batman. Uh, wow. th- th- well, that would if make you look sense. at his IMDb, it's Batman, and then the Earth Day special, and then Pacific Heights. And then One Good Cop. <laughs> what a streak. <laughs> and then One Good Cop. But then also, so, you know, uh, Matthew Bodine's terrible behavior, uh, Michael Keaton is is the bad guy, landlords uh, don't have any rights, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew Bodine violates his restraining order, gets shot, all of this stuff, 
The lawyer says they don't have a, can- a chance in hell. They're in financial ruin. They've, she's had a miscarriage and they've lost their baby. The relationship is in tatters. All of this could have been avoided very, very simply if they had just sold the fucking house. The relationship yeah. is the relationship. By the way, is not in enough tatters. I feel like, <laughs> like I feel like she's like holding on real hard. And I wonder how many conversations if Mel Griffith ever had a conversation with the director. Like, should I? I mean, should I just leave? I know that this is a script that I signed on to and stuff, but shouldn't this lady just like go? And then yeah. also. Like, like she, they're they're not they're like they list they're listed as single they're not married so they're not on the they're no. like so, so she could like she could just cut, go she could cut she's out this and, nice it might lady. cost her some money she's but she could move nice back lady in with her stuck between two fucking but they psychos. could sell they could sell the house at a loss yeah. or even not just sell the house and get out of this situation yeah also uh, that's what he's like going you were for because that's what he's gonna do he's gonna right. once it once it's they like get out of it they're like fuck it we're and then he buys the house for like a, sure. for like a real cheap price because they have there's like we just need to unload it then he gets it and then he sells it or something fine but. I think that still might be, be free of the situation. <laughs> also, you as you pointed out, their relationship is not in enough tatters. And and like uh the scene where he violates the restraining order and gets shot, like the whole thing with the restraining order is like the movie's version of them doing the breakup thing. But she's like Michael Keaton shoots her boyfriend and is still living there and she <laughs> stays in the house. She yeah, and she goes and then he he shoots her, he shoots him, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a whole point. There's a scene before that where they're split up. I think the restraining order is before the, it was before the shooting. But then she's like still there, and you're like, why don't you just also stay with his friend, right, with yeah. your one friend? Well, he even says that because she calls him. They call each other. Goes, she goes, somebody has to stay somebody here, has to and stay that's here. it. She doesn't say why or whatever. If I don't <laughs> stay here, then he might fuck the house up. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, well, he's already doing that. <laughs> it's already pretty fucked. Uh, but anyway, so she, so she goes to the so she goes to the cops finally. And guess who it is? It's Carl Lumley, the yeah. guy they didn't rent to. And he goes, and he comes out and he says, actually says, "I guess you're, I guess you're, yeah. uh, you're sad you didn't rent to the black guy." And yeah, I actually he rubs it in a little. I bit. like, I like, feel like that with they Ma- totally deserve it. Matthew Modine, but she, but she actually like in in the scene where he's renting earlier. She goes. She's by the book. So I feel like I kind of felt bad for her because she's like going like we never she's got your like, application. We never got your application. She literally and he goes uh huh and I'm kind of like man everybody in this scene is being kind of shitty. But Matthew Modine was racist earlier in the movie. So absolutely. But she should have rented to him. But also said, at the same time that whole scene where he's trying to rent it's like he's like look uh he's doing the same thing he's just going I don't have uh, you can't check my credit right now uh, I just got divorced or whatever anyway I could give you some <laughs> cash and you're like uh, I mean. She wasn't like wrong to turn him away. But I also feel like the energy of the scene and the way that it's shot, like especially because it's all about it's all like like looking down yeah. on Melanie Griffith. This kind of trying to get you to go like, well, don't make her feel too bad. Yeah, maybe. But then it's also like at the end, you know, when he says that the movie's clearly on his side. Yeah. So I don't know. But it's, he doesn't play too much of a huge part. Like there's no, two, no. he just shows up. Two this people, is the last two time he shows up. people in these movies at For certain sure. points. Laurie Metcalf is the lawyer yeah. that they hire, and Matthew Modine immediately starts screaming at her. Just fucking goddamn! Yeah, and, and you just want Laurie Metcalf to take Melanie Griffith aside and go, maybe you should just fucking leave this here. guy. I don't know. I do. Uh, I do. You know, um, they're not even married. Just leave. Yeah, Laurie <laughs> Metcalf can't do anything for him, of course, and the lawyers and the judge in, in a trial they go to is just like are you kidding me of course i side with this scumbag get these fucking land it's a te- landowners it's all like the a te- hell out of here get these landlords out of their land yeah, they that they lord no over you got no rights in this country the best part of the movie happens after she At goes to the point. cops because then she like yeah two people he's two like people he's basically like they're like just they're just they're just basically like just 
just let it go. And she's like pissed because she, you know, she's because she, he shot her boyfriend and all this stuff and she had a miscarriage. So she's a little yeah. upset about it. So she's kind of like, I don't want to just let this go. You're just saying to leave. So, so she actually like does, she turn, tracks turns him down. like a whole yeah. thing. And, she, After, and this whole scene is, is, I like this part because it was like, first of all, Matthew Modine is just not in not the movie. Not in no Modine. For a long time. No and, Dean. And, and she's doing, no and, and she's like getting, she kind of like figures out who Michael Keaton is and she like follows him and she like goes to his hotel room and he's pretending to be her boyfriend now. He's now assumed uh, Matthew yeah. Bodine's identity so he's and like taken all his credit cards. Identity thief too. And so she gets into his room by pretending she's his wife and she's like, make you know, I don't know, she's like trying to fuck with his, fuck, basically fuck she with shuts, his. She she's shuts like down all the credit cards yeah. and basically yeah. like eliminates all of his like lines yeah. of credit and anything he's been using to do his scams. Also, by the he way. He has a fake passport that has her boyfriend's name on it the too. Ri- the rich lady that Michael Keaton has now insinuated himself into her life is yeah. Tippi Hedren. Tippi Hedren. Oh, who doesn't right. have a single line in the nope. Movie. Not one. And there's a whole scene where someone talks to her. It's just her and another yeah. person talking, and she doesn't. Say Michael, anything. there's another scene with Michael Keaton where they're on a boat, and he's like, "You're amazing," and they kiss, and it's like, "What is even happening?" Doesn't say anything. Here? What and, the fuck? Well, then there's a scene in the yeah in the jail later where Michael Keaton's just yelling, like tell, like explaining things to her, and, and yeah, her lawyer and she, talks, and but she not just her. sits there looking stern. Or bored or something. Emotional or something. I don't know. They, they were like, all right, Tippy, you're not going to say shit, but you're uh, upset, I guess. But basically, Action. at this point, all that happens is that she sort of, sort of shuts him down. Yeah. And then he manages to get Tippy Hedren to bail him out of jail. Uh, because he's been arrested for not paying his hotel bills and causing and goes, a scene at the he hotel. He goes crazy at the hotel. He goes crazy at the hotel when, it yeah, find, when he finds out he can't pay. Probably the best part of the whole of the whole movie, and but before uh, before she, uh, Melanie Griffith goes in and, and fucks with him, like two people have told her, like, look, this, this Don't guy's fuck a, with this guy. a brilliant sociopath. Uh, the world is has several of them. You can't do anything about it. But he, right, you got to know he's gonna fuck with you and he's gonna win. But it's not personal. Pray that he doesn't make it personal. If you fuck with him in any way, then he's gonna be mad at you, and now you got your real problem. So two people have told her that, and then she fucks with him very yeah. severely, and so and he's like, the, like it snaps in his head, and she's just getting out of the hotel and like gets into a cab, and he runs after her car <laughs> like fucking the T one thousand. He's like on the highway. <laughs> Sprinting after, but then it just sma- then it just cuts to him in jail, it's really funny. him like being booked because the hotel was good, like arrested him for going crazy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He gets bailed out, and then he, I think, immediately goes over to the house. He goes back to the house, where, and then they have where, the final confrontation. Where she, That's it. where she went back to, also, and I guess Matthew Modine is laid up there because he's now out of the hospital after being shot. And at this point, the they. Because the no rent went through. This is the only time the land being a landlord works out for them. Is that like because he hadn't paid rent for so long? They managed to finally evict him. They do get him. They get into the room. They find out he's taken, stripped the whole place of any, every (laughs) cabinet, every fixture, every light, every everything. It's upsetting because they spent so much. They spent this whole montage at the beginning of the movie, you know, fixing up the place. Yeah, except for the two, except for the two jagged pipes sticking up from the floor. (laughs) Those will come in. Uh, those will come back later. Uh, one thing I do want to point out when they go into the room, when you see the room for the first time, there's like some cops or something with her, and one of them drives. <laughs> it's just one of them goes. Oh, I think because it's. I think because maybe it, it like smells, it smells bad or yeah. something in it too. I, like it's, it's feels disgusting. like maybe he's just been shitting. Everywhere. He's just been <laughs> shitting in the corner or something. He's it's a, he's a very man. weird kind of psychopath. It's like you never and you never find out what he's up. The to. movie never really lets you in too much. And then when you do find out his whole thing, where his family, he's like, just an asshole who his family, his rich family, cut off, and now he's a con artist. He's, he's, yeah. kind, of a, and he's kind of a Robert Durst. It, uh, yeah, he's like thing. Robert Durst. Yeah, yeah. good point. But not but like way less interesting. Like. 
they, they don't really for like having Michael Keaton play that character. You think, oh, this is gonna when it find you find out this guy's secret. What's it gonna? This is gonna be something cool. And then it's like, oh, that's and the, the movie kind of just doesn't care at that Apparently, point. Apparently, this it's movie like, eh. was based on the the I guess eh. the screenwriter. You know, did this like bought a house and tried to rent it out, and then he got screwed by some oh, evil I tenant. Thought, I thought you were gonna say this. No, he was, he was the con <laughs> artist. The evil tenant shit. No, but he people was, need to know how. And easy he was just this like is. inspired to write this movie based on his experience. So I wonder if he had to, like kill a guy or something. <laughs> and then I pushed it. And then I pushed a guy onto two poles sticking out of the ground, and he died in front of me. <laughs> and I like how up. Matthew Modine gets the hero moment in this too. It's uh, like yeah. I hated I hated that because I I was like, oh, he's laid up. Maybe it's just going to be Melanie Griffith's movie for the rest of it. And then like, no, Matthew no. Modine still gets to come in. He gets and to be the man, sort of save the day because he there's a crawl space you found out earlier about where he was crawling, where he's sneaking. I did like the part where he get under uh, cockroaches poured in his face <laughs> right <laughs> after right after learning learn, right after he like happened upon. The convert, like a very important converse, ex- expositional conversation between Michael Keaton and this guy that was like, "Here's the, here's what we're doing. It's yeah. gonna, these people are gonna." And he's under the floor and he can't say anything. And then the guy, Michael Keaton's Knocks friend, open him, a jar of cockroaches. Start fighting, jar and the of jar of cockroaches fall on Matthew Modine's face, which is yeah. which is probably Matthew, the best part of the Matthew movie. Matthew Modine is terrible in this movie. Uh, it's not the, the the script does his character no favors, but he is terrible. He is in terrible. It, but he does endure having a bunch of live cockroaches poured on him. So you got to give Modine him that. Is generally not good. I bet Matthew. From what I've read, Matthew Modine would prefer to have his a movie shoot be just nothing but live cockroaches poured on him <laughs> than ever working with Stanley Kubrick again. Because I read an interview with him one time where he talked about uh, where he talked about Full Metal Jacket and how he said he regretted doing it, and if he could go back and he do it again, he regretted doing he would it. Never, he would not do it if he could go back and do it again. Really, it's the only movie anybody knows that he's in. <laughs> Like what about Grey's only, Anatomy? The only thing he'll be remembered what? for. He was in a movie called Grey's Anatomy with Dabney Zuniga. Anyway. Not, not the show. Not, not the, the great show, show that's yeah. probably still on. But the it is about medical students in turmoil. Anyways, Modine gets cockroaches poured on him, so he, you know, he, he dedic- he's dedicated to the role. He's like, bit. I could have just gone straight to straight to Queen's Logic and not have to be in Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, at the end, <laughs> uh, it. Keaton and Griffith are fighting. She's he's like gonna kill her with a nail gun. He's yeah. Like, yeah, he's like doing his whole. He it's pulls basically the, like he pulls he's the trigger, just like some. Yeah, it's out of nails, but it's like out of nails or something. or out of gas. It's, it's out like, of uh, compressed he's air. Just do it or not. He was yeah. gonna do it. He was well. He you know he shoots some nails in there, but it kept getting like clogged or something. He I gets don't know. to do a little bit of a speech. It's not not too remarkable, but but he keeps repeating the line. Like, used you to... fucked up. You got into my area. Yeah, like, I've seen the, the Exorcist big... about 167 times, <laughs> and it keeps getting funnier. He's he's mad, he's mad because she's like scammed him basically. Yes. That's, that was that was like that's not cool. I scam people. You don't scam me. <laughs> I scam you. It's you fair. Don't get to. Yeah. It's really. He's, it's just he's him pretty yelling. Mad. Like, he's gonna kill her. It's yeah. the it's this, the ending of the hand that rocks the cradle where yeah. it's like not been this quite this kind of movie, and now now it's the, it's gotta now be it's this kind movie. of movie because we gotta get out. We're, we're trying to dismount. Yeah. And then uh, it's just fucking over. He fall, falls on some poles, dies, and then they're like, "Now nah, we're selling the house." The end. Oh no, no, but they sell the house at the end. Um, I actually had to go back at the beginning and see how much they bought the house for because they when they're selling the house, it's almost, it's almost they the turn same. a little profit. They sold the house for like nine hundred thousand or something. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, sold it for yeah. a little more. So they than made they some money. That's good. Fine. But that was the kind because of, I had to go back to the beginning and see. I'm like, how much did they that's get a down for? payment on another it's house? It's kind of like a repeat of the scene from before, except instead of the realtor who's showing them the house, it's like them showing this couple and the couples talking about like, oh, here's what I want to do, and they're like, I don't know, it's kind of a lot of money, and you know the camera pulls back, and you're Woof. supposed to be happy, I guess. And you that, see, and you see Matthew Modine with his arm around Melanie Griffith, and you just know that those two are gonna break up in about six months. <laughs> and then yeah. it pulls as, back, as and there's, there's the Carl Lumley cop character who's living in a fucking trailer right on their street. <laughs> I don't believe that actually does. No, that. it doesn't. Okay. I wish that would be great. 
That's what they. That's what they deserve. Yeah, that's that's Pacific. There's not much to it's it. It's not a good movie. Although I, I had fun watching it because it's so sort of stridently stupid and like pro landlord. I just I, I couldn't get over how I was very amused by this movie. I, think I don't think was, it's any good it, anymore. Yeah, they're all yeah, these, all the I movies suppose. that we're going to cover. Spoiler alert: are not good movies. But I was amused by all of them to varying degrees. This one yeah. was my was my was my favorite of the three we're going to do. Okay, Jeez. I enjoyed this one the most. But that's it's. I'm still only going to give it three judges. This, this whole okay. this whole podcast well, is like an anti Sophie's Choice for me here, yeah. where it's like pick your. <laughs> how do I pick a favorite from three? Yeah. You know, just take them all. We don't. Uh, yeah. uh, Fine. I do. I just. I don't need any of them. I do want to have. I do have one line uh, before we get to. Ratings. Um, this is Dabo. This is What's his his ex girlfriend who lives in the desert? Beverly D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Thank you. I wanted to say Clark Olivia Griswold's Dabo. wife. Clark Griswold's wife, but she she's real smitten with uh, she Michael has a name. character. It's Mrs. Griswold. Yeah. Mrs. <laughs> uh, she goes. He's far and away the most intelligent man I've ever met. Yeah. And then she like kind of like sneers at uh, Melanie Griffith and goes. He's not your type. He's not your type. And at that point, I was like, she's right. <laughs> Melanie Griffith is into dumb loudmouths. I saw how you were looking at him, and there was something there. And, and you're he like, goes, really? He's not like anyone else. He does what he wants. You're just chasing a shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Because this is after he's been evicted and she's trying to fuck with him. A lot of a lot of people are, are ta- constantly talking about how kind of like how much of the the ultimate nemesis this guy is. And, and two like, well, two of the movies that we're going to do today, Michael Keaton is his ultimate, he's the nemesis, ultimate nemesis, and it's only because people say that <laughs> you literally don't know. There's no you don't know why. The opening scene you of this a movie, a little bit in Desperate Meshies. A little bit, but in this in this movie, the opening scene we'll isn't there. him. Do we, do we even him? find out what he did in Desperate Measures? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, I, got a, I found I got out. A quote. I found out from reading Roger Ebert's review because I might have not been paying close attention. Right. To the okay. But uh, in this one, he the opening scene is him getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Because he scammed a guy, and it's not. You're like that's not. That so so then and then we're just supposed to go like well this guy's a criminal He's genius yeah. because remember how earlier we saw he got beat up by two guys <laughs> like every great criminal genius that's what you that's a, that's that scene screamed the smartest man on the fucking planet <laughs> what, oh I got caught <laughs> one other one other thing I want to point out if there's any rappers listening to this and you want to start a beef with the rapper Drake uh, Matt, Matthew Modine's character's name is Drake. And there are several times when people say stuff along the lines of, I'm going to fucking kill you, Drake. And like, you're a fucking goddamn idiot, Drake. You can use Drake. a sample from this, Drake. Yeah, so you can sample Pacific Heights. I, Drake, I, I if you're listening, you, and you better be. I give you permission. And Drake, uh, I wouldn't do it if I were you. There's not a lot of positive stuff for the character named Drake in this. Uh, but ratings. I'm giving this three Juds because I'm I I, I still well, find it amusing. I still well, had I nice. still had fun watching. You know, I watched it with my girlfriend. We had a good time watching it, going oh. like this is a bunch of bullshit. Okay, the same discussions that we've all had right now are the discussions I had watching with her, and it was fun. Okay, I'm um, giving it one not even, half a Douglas. It's not that mm. sleazy. Mm-hmm. There's really no sleaze except for her whole boobs. Her whole boobs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 money pits because this is basically the worst version of the money pit. This not, is the money pit with a psycho involved. And, and the money of Tom pit Hanks. is not very good. Either. Not very good. Yeah, so. Shelley Long and Tom Hanks, however, not as awful as the couple in this movie. No. Tom and, Hanks uh, is funny as hell in, in yeah. money pit. I'll, I'll go to bad for his performance but, yeah. in that movie. This is the upside down money pit. Upside down money pit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it um, two Judds. I give it two juds. It's just so much, so give derivative. It, give it two and a half juds. <laughs> you can't, you can't coax you me. You fucking, you can't piece coax of me shit. up on this one. 
Uh, I didn't care for it. Uh, it's uh, for, it's a genre of movies that I already don't care for, anyways. The kind of like psycho psycho stocks uh, person. We've done a lot of them. That's just not my favorite. I, I don't I don't see the. So a lot of these. Ones, not a lot of a lot of them. I mean, there's there's gonna be more. There's gonna be. I know. More. There's more. And it's just like I, I just watch these and I'm like, Ugh, I know how this goes. Um, I'm giving the climax it, is always the same. Yeah, I'm giving it two two Douglases. Two Douglases for the it, that's it's sexy at the beginning. It's pretty smutty. Hmm. Smutty? It's a, little, it's a little smutty. So, eh. so gentle. I mean, two's two still isn't. Is this good. what smut? Is this passes for smut in Yakima? This is what passes for smut in the the other side of the mountains. That when yeah. you drive into Yakima, there's a picture of of the po- the poster for Pacific Heights, and it says, "This is what passes <laughs> for smut in this town." In these I'm, giving it, I'm giving it two Juds for this. The exact for why the, why I'm giving it uh, my third rating. Uh, two whole boobs. I knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew it. <laughs> I almost stole it from you, but I was like, I can't do it. Can't do uh, it. Yeah, I'm two two uh, two Juds. It's not good. Uh, I was. I mean, it's but it's not. It's also not like um, the Watcher or something. Where where it's like ineptly made. It's yeah. it's made by a director who knows how to put a movie together and stuff. John Schlesinger. But knows, it's just it's just film. like a movie put together by people where you're like, you guys are all punching but way below your weight class, and also like nobody seems to give a shit. Yeah. It's so like who cares? Like everybody's like, I guess this is a, who cares? Whatever. It's gonna get to the point where he gets killed. And, uh, so two yeah, you guys know how these movies go. <laughs> uh, it's gonna go like that. Yeah, that's that's what the movie you're watching. Cool. So two Juds, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give it one Douglas because I mean just from that one scene. At one and a half because you do see two whole boobs, and Beverly Angelo's character is in it a couple times, and all of the time she's in it, it seems kind of like she's maybe about to have sex with somebody. <laughs> Beverly, so. D- Beverly D'Angelo's <laughs> having fun in this. She's her, her character. She seems to be the only person who's having fun in the movie. Uh, you know, oh, I mean, the, uh, fine. The, the, maybe the Japanese couple. J- Keaton's okay, but Keaton's barely in it, and it's just it's just him doing that scene from he Batman pr- where he kind of goes crazy a little bit. You yeah. want to see crazy? Oh, I can do you. I can show you crazy, and you're like, oh, it's, he kind of goes. You want to get nuts? Let's get. You want to get nuts? Let's go nuts. Let's get that line right. I've, I haven't seen that movie in years. I'm not crazy about the first, ba- the original Batman. Oh god, well, it's okay. We, we could do we could do Batman. We've talked about that before. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's. He a bit kind of is like Jack Napier in Desperate Measures too. He's like very much like. The kind yeah. of guy who would say you want to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Yeah. And uh, oh, and uh, oh, my last rating is uh, one Tai Chi Mako. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> in the rain, one Tai one Chi Mako in the rain. Underpriced mansion. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. that's Pacific Heights. Uh, geez, that's that. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we, we, the shine's like, off, the, 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 the off the apple for that one. I loved this movie here's, when I was a little kid. Here's the thing about this. Here's the thing about the rest of the podcast, though, you guys. We're not going to have to talk about fucking Matthew Modine again. Thank God. <laughs> no more cool Modine for us, and uh, we're better for it. That nickname, that nickname just is is not. I don't. I, I mean, it's it's. I love it. The pun works, but it just it like pisses me off because Drool he's Modine. so he's so the opposite. He certainly of that. isn't cool in this movie. I'll tell you that. I in, just, any, in any sense, I of just the rewatched term. Dark Knight Rises again recently too. And we were talking about this the other night about how like if you just cut. All of the parts with him out of that movie, it yeah. wouldn't change a thing about the movie except Matthew Modine wouldn't be in it and it would be like five minutes shorter. It's so easy. Like it wouldn't just you get could, it out. You could just take those parts out. It's so I weird. I promise you, not a single person would be like, I feel like this movie should have Matthew Modine Was in it, it somewhere. I like the Matthew Modine, Modine scenes in that movie though, because they shot him in Pittsburgh and like that neighborhood looks exactly like where my grandma lives. So I'm a little nostalgic for that. That's very sweet. Well, Cute, right? Nice. Fuck Matthew Modine though. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on from Matthew Modine into uh, what one is- good cop. Artie Lewis is a giving husband. When we got married, I thought 
great. I took it for granted what a miracle it is. A great partner. <laughs> you know what I mean? For you? No, darling. Please, you go. Yeah, come on, come on. A good cop. He told you this was strictly voluntary, right? Yeah, right. He never thought he'd lose his partner. Go! 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 We lost a good man. Daddy had an accident. I want my daddy. He never thought he'd have children. He made me legal guardian of his kids. Or as I like to call it, one good one cop. One good cop? Or well, one good as, cop? As I feel it should be called is one good cop. There are two uh, good cops in the movie. I feel like there's no good cops in the movie. There's a couple more good cops. I feel like... Well, okay, but when good, we get to the good end, by the barometer of the movie's estimation By the barometer of, of the movie, is. all cops are good, <laughs> and they have they do no wrong. Uh, this is this is some real Blue Lives Matter porn Oh, here. man, it is absolutely <laughs> Blue Lives Matter porn. But that is all it is. But it's, it's so stupid that I can't, I can't... I couldn't get that mad at it. I knew what it yeah, was trying to do. This is as much Blue Lives Matter porn as like Pacific Heights is, is landlord like, is like porn. landlord NIMBY landlord porn, porn. Yeah. where it's just like, see, see, this is what we have to deal with. And you're like, I think that maybe everybody, <laughs> what? So isn't it, isn't it okay if we commit crimes now? I'm just saying that this is so much like that. It's like oh, yeah. takes place in this world where you're like, can't we be lying if I, we said our men weren't committing crimes? Um, so, uh, <laughs> but, but it, you know, before we get to the end of this, not to spoil the end of this movie. I mean, it's which not is, even the end. Which is barely a thriller. But no, but it's particularly. <laughs> The very, it happens like halfway through. It's particu- particularly the very end of the movie yeah. where it's like after all this stuff has happened. Anyway, right. we'll get, we'll we'll, get to but that. But we'll get to it. Like, it's two things you need to know about, just... about One Good Cop before you get into it to just sort of know what this movie is like is A, it's uh, directed by the guy who wrote Cocktail, mm-hmm. one of the stupidest movies you could, you'll ever see, one of my favorite bad Haywood films. Haywood Gould. Haywood Gould. Gosh, all right, What great. a name. Uh, and so it's got that same um, uh, lack of relationship with uh, reality. Yeah. It's like <laughs> trying to be a slice of life and like how people are in this modern This is age, what real cops are like is, on the street completely disconnected from reality and in similar ways that cocktail is and then it is also like it is going on the thesis like the the thesis of this movie i feel like from its promotional materials onward like the picture on the cut on the front of the the cover of the box or the poster or whatever is michael keaton like it's this one good cop and it's michael keaton like holding a child and it's like these cops i know you think that they're all just like cobra or these badasses this is what a real cop is like they have feelings they have families yeah i guess they have children you're like nobody doesn't nobody thinks that <laughs> nobody thinks they don't everybody knows cops yeah it's almost like it's, have the promotional materials are almost in response to like the 80s action cops yeah. or whatever that they're like they're not all hardcore badasses and they're like I mean, nobody I don't like, think that I, I feel think, like you could position this as a deliberate response to that kind of movie yeah I think that's exactly what it's trying to be yeah. which is stupid in the first place because nobody thought that those movies are those movies also like Cobra this is as dumb about like yeah. what, about cops yeah. as Cobra, because yeah. it's like it like positions itself like, hey, this is what cops' lives are real, really like. And but then you're also, but no. then it's but it's as cartoonish as Cobra, and the cops get away with <laughs> as many crimes in this as as like in Cobra, where he's like, crime is a disease, and he just murders people, and the, everybody's like, you're all right with us, Cobra. <laughs> well, I mean, in Cobra's defense, he's murder he's murdering a bunch of guys that are part of a like. Uh, deviant hatchet, sex cult. It's a hatchet I mean, gang. They're an axe cult. It's true. It's true. <laughs> they, and they chain women to lava. It's true. Like, but if he, like, like fucking factories. I'm not saying. I'm not saying they're not they're bad. Crime I'm saying that yeah. if that his his idea of what cops are supposed to do is like wrong. Cobra should quit being a cop and yeah. just go murder these guys and be like, well, you know, 
That's fine. But, you know, due process and whatnot. This movie's also <laughs> supposed to be like this. And this is what. So I know you've seen the movies, but this yeah, is what. Yeah, it's trying really, to be corrected. This to isn't that. like a movie. and But it's just, it's just like the stuff that cops do is like real life stuff. Yeah. And then there will be fight scenes that are like in movies. Right. All right. That's what the reality well, sort of, is. There's a couple of scenes here where like it kind of tries to do the, the thing. Like, okay. Talking about Cobra, there's a scene in Cobra where he, like you know the guy's got the shotgun and the or the machine gun in the in the uh, the grocery store yeah. and Cobra Cobra shows up and he's like I don't shop here and yeah. kills him <laughs> and like they kind of do scenes like this but they don't really you know they they're like drawn out and they have a they're like they sort of are attempting a degree of verisimilitude that let's right. say Cobra is not really aiming yeah. for but they right. fail but they fail at well it they because fail because they're just shitty drama they're they just fail, poorly written and they yes. fail because they're because of the ultimate their ultimate like viewpoint on on this is like. That, uh, well, but still, cops are above the law. <laughs> yeah, it's cop porn. Like when you get when you get to the end, it still is the same as Cobra or something like Cobra, where you're like, they're like, well, look, cops don't just walk in there, shoot a guy in the fucking, and go, I don't shop here, and then quip and walk off. Right. You no, know, no, they, the rest of go, their buddies cover up the shit yeah, for them, exactly, and they get away scot free and get a nice house out of the bargain so, too, because you know who takes everybody takes a little off the top. You know that's what we do. <laughs> it's fine because they love their kids. They love their kids. These guys, and love you know their what? Kids. Who gives a shit if you send your little girl to college or some scumbags drug money? Who gives a shit? Nobody. Not me. Not my governor. Not my chief. Not my lieutenant. <laughs> Nobody cares. Not get me my a fucking president. sandwich and don't forget the gobble this time. Okay? The gobble ghoul, whoa. This yeah. does take, take place in New York. Michael Keaton is sort of trying a New York accent. He's doing a, a whole bit. thing. Oh god, and he's so fucking twitchy in this. He's doing that thing that I forgot because I like Michael Keaton generally, but I'd forgotten that like when he's like doing this podcast, he does kind of hate Michael Keaton a little bit because <laughs> he's, he's doing he's doing that he does that thing where Michael Keaton like his his acting is like a lot of ticks mm-hmm. and he like does like he'll like you know, jerk his head around or like do he has like things he does or he'll like go from a frown to a, like a kind of a smirk real quick I don't know it and if you're doing a character like Beetlejuice <laughs> that's awesome that's just, that guy's perfect as <laughs> you that you don't but. want your regular guy cop to be a little bit like Beetlejuice <laughs> He's, he's I want him to be a little bit Beetlejuice, a little bit Batman, and then he loves his kids. Yeah, but he, he loves, loves his kids. They're not kids. his kids. Uh, they're not, not his, his kids. kids. Let's we'll get, get into it. I, I just want to give you an, an idea. First of all, also, could we say that this movie is like really not like a thriller? It barely qualifies. It barely qualifies. It's, but it's a crime it drama. Have, it does have action scenes. Yes. So thriller. I think elements. it counts. Plus, there's a bunch of funny stuff. The happens. last like half hour is a little thriller. It's a crime drama. The last half hour, yeah, and that, it's, it's well, so, it's, it's funny. funny. The thriller elements are hilarious. This is are the reason why I thought this movie was so funny when I was watching it because they like the the, <laughs> pa- the the pacing of this movie goes like this. Like the opening. scene scene is like tender tinkling piano music as the camera pans through like pictures of Michael Keaton he's like in his blissful home life with Rene Russo and you see they're like regular people they're gonna have sex they're in bed. They and have then sex. it cross cuts it to Anthony LaPaglia and he's a single father and his three uh, he's Martin Riggs he's his, Martin Riggs his, Anthony LaPaglia yeah because yeah, his wife is dead and he's like about to he's like thinking about killing himself but the only thing that brings him back from the brink yeah. oh, okay. are these kids mean. yeah he, but he, that's only thing, that's the it thing literally that, his opening scene is the same as Martin's in Lethal Weapon, where he's like looking at a picture of his wife with a gun to his head. But then, I mean, but then the kids run in and he's happy. The kids run yeah. in. There's three of them. So that, I mean, that's why he's different than Martin Riggs is because he's actually sure. not. Suicidal. He has kids. He has a little bit because he has yeah, like he has life. He's like I'm living for these kids. My wife died, but I'm uh, but hey, my kids, I'm still happy. But I mean, yeah. I feel like that fits the like let's subvert the cop action movie trope shit. Sure. It, yeah. 
The the little the little girls, each one impossibly adorable. They they jump on all jumping in and like we love an- you, Daddy. Annoyingly each precocious. Each one of us loves you. We're all loving. He's like I love you kids so much. And then the and then it's like Anthony Paglia and Michael Keaton. They're talking to each other and they're talking about regular stuff like diabetes and this and this. And yeah, because the, the one daughter's girl, got diabetes. They have diabetes medication and so you're like these are regular guys. And they're they're, they're uh, regular yeah, guys. Man, they're on the job. And they're, then like uh, two minutes squad later, their squad getting, room looks exactly almost exactly like the squad room in Barney Miller too. Because <laughs> I want to talk about like, it. They've got like the cage. They've got like the, the yeah. jail cell in a, there. They, there's always a prostitute in a chair they somewhere. Were, like in Barney Miller. Yeah. yeah. They work in an office. It's one room. There's two desks and a cell with a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how it works? That's how. Yeah. It, we only got this one no. cell where your offices are. Put a prostitute. That was exactly in there. like the set in Barney Miller. Barney and Miller, then it yeah. would be all the. Then the cops would have hilarious interactions with the prostitutes or whomever they had locked up. Yeah. I feel like the screenwriter might have only watched Barney Miller <laughs> to like <laughs> research this. But but anyway, so like yeah. It's Great it's, show, by it's the way. The kids. Yeah, it's Miller's it's right. the kids. Yeah. It's the waking up in the morning, the conversation about diabetes, and then these hoodlums attack them, and then they're getting in this fucking, like, super violent brawl on the street, and they're going like, fuck you, motherfucker. First in an <laughs> elevator, and then not in an elevator, and they're like, we're cops, they don't kill us, you know, you could still walk away from this. And they're like, fuck you, we're going to kill you, cops. And, the, and everybody's, every, all the bad guys are all high on ice. Uh, this high, whole that's movie. my yeah. favorite thing in this. ice constantly. <laughs> so these guys are all fucked up on ice. Is ice, that ice, mess ice. then? Yeah, yeah, it's they're just, it's, they're it's just crystal meth. Insisting on calling okay. meth. It's just a particularly pure kind of methamphetamine. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's a, there's a string of lines about people talking like ice is the like sort of sub uh, subplot going through this movie is ice is taking yeah, over the street dealer. and yeah. it's the worst and and you're constantly there's constantly people talking about how fucked up ice is and this is Benjamin Bratt who's I don't like he's like a younger cop he's like a younger cop and he goes <laughs> who I don't like. to a dude with lightning in his eyeballs you look like money these dudes are ice climbers man it's all about twelve hours ice of power climbers. it's crazy. There's a lot of like forced made he's up like, jargon. He's like a real, he's like a real hyperactive like young cop who's like, let's get him, let's bust some heads. He's the let's, g- let's he's the guy in Lethal around. Weapon Three. Remember the Lethal Weapon Three? There's the the young rookie cop that like wants to tag along with them all the time. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the movie, it's they go they go out on like a raid and he gets shot and he gets killed and it's his birthday. He's like how because like like they're leaving, they're leaving and they're putting on their their vest because the bad guys have the bu- the bullet the the armor piercing bullets. He's like, hey, it's my birthday today, Riggs. And he's like, all right, come on, let's go, kid. Don't forget your body armor. And then the kid gets killed and Riggs goes over to his body and he goes, birthday. happy birthday, kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's, uh, that's not great. Uh, Lethal Weapon 3, by the way, a great movie compared to this. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. And I feel like the Lethal Weapon movies were already doing the whole, like, these cops have real, like, the, all yeah. these movies. Well, that's the one, I mean, 3 is the one where it has, like, Roger, like, has to, he, he like, accidentally shoots the kid, yeah. and then, like, it does the They're whole Boys to Men funeral. Yeah. I mean, there were, and Cobra has that scene where Cobra goes yeah. into his house and cuts his pizza with, the, the, with, with the scissors. With a pair of scissors, like cops do. Like a regular person. Like a regular guy. I'm just a regular guy, I cut my pizza in half with scissors so these guys are these guys are going around on their like uh their cop cop jobs again there's not a lot of research into what cops do so they just sort of pop up and do whatever needs to be done the bad guys bar so we come this is where the bad guys we want to go in there and they go in there and they meet mobster tony plana who has played a latin american gangster drug dealer revolutionary whatever in just about any fucking movie you've ever seen his his in his uh in his always sort of hilariously strangely a little too empty uh, club that he owns even when it's like at night and mm-hmm. there's like they show a lot of people dancing in there and I'm like this place is not popular yeah there it seems like in a scene like that you get like they needed like 50 more extras to fill the place well, up think, and you're I like think I it's think like a maybe. front yeah it's, right it's like a but front. I mean it was also like 
you know, it just seemed like... Could have been was, a more exciting scene. It was also supposed to be... Yeah, but when you go into the clubs that are fronts in Scarface or whatever, or Carlito's <laughs> Way, it at least feels like, yeah, this is a place you where people Richard, are hanging out. Richard Belzer there. There's a whole bunch of people hanging out. This is a crowded place, and this one seems like... Well, this Melina, Melina from Total Recall is there, and yep. she's dancing around. Richard, uh, Richard Ticketon, yeah, yeah. also from Con Air. We, yeah. never, we never saw enough of her. I love her. She's and great. So at least we well, got her and, in she, and she immediately, as she, she's when she great pops up, too. I'm like, she seems too smart to be this gangster's mom. Yes. Right. Oh, oh okay. it turns out she's an undercover cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you find that out after the, the next scene. Well, where we haven't even gotten to the main thrust yeah, of the need, plot We need here. to get to the meat of the movie. Which is that uh, Michael Keaton and his partner, Anthony LaPaglia, get called into a hostage situation where this ice climbers. He's iced out? He's like, iced he's, out. He's a guy that they arrested for something else, and the, the lady, the, his wife said, like, I'm going to call the guys who got you last time. And so he takes his kids takes and his hostage. wife hostage, and then they go, he's he's asking for you guys or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's like, so they're, so they're going to go in there and try to talk this guy down. He's got a fucking machine gun. <laughs> he's iced out. He's holding a machine gun and, like, smoking ice, yeah. like, yeah. while he's doing it. And he's, of course, got his wife and kid there. Yeah. And they, they, I just want to peel off a couple like more I want to do oh, yeah, nice do dialogue it. throughout this whole movie because I it. loved it but he's and he's like real freaked out and he's like this ain't no playground goof man this is super freeze 12 hours of power and then, super freeze and then he goes cops and bitches are all about stopping a man from having fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's talking about how his wife is like, hey, man, you're doing too many drugs. And he's like, fuck you, bitch. He goes, getting shot Jeez. don't hurt. Bullet goes whack and you go black. Jesus will take him. <laughs> so he is really whacked he's out. He's really ice. iced out. He's uh, an ice climber. So this scene, becomes, ice this scene becomes intense. I thought that this guy who played the kill, the, 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 ice, the ice climber, I thought that this was the cop from Reservoir Dogs for like the whole scene until oh, no. I looked him up and it's not him. No. I'm fucking the floor, man. <laughs> Uh, I'm fucking dying. I'm fucking dying. I'm fucking dying. What about my fucking ears? Shut the fuck up. What about my fucking ears? <laughs> Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, well, let's just talk about hey. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have to be. I have to be like. I kind of love this movie because it's filled with stuff like that. I, I mean, I, I love. I uh, like how I love stupid poorly, this movie is. Awkwardly yeah. written dialogue, like hard street dialogue, and this movie is filled full with of it. it. Uh, it's like the whole movie. And then there's the part where all the cops do the juggling of the, the booze bottles. That's weird. <laughs> where did that <laughs> come from? You can't get away yeah, from yeah. juggling booze bottles. <laughs> it's, it's like in so the, cool. Well, there was a jail bar and cocktail. There's a police station bar in and this And they're one. just doing it casually in this one while they're like doing their cop paperwork. Yeah. It's really it's very cool. unusual. It's very, it's weird, but I mean, I guess it's more realistic than Cobra. Yeah. Um, Anyways, long story short. Anthony O'Pollio gets Apollo, killed. He can't, keep it, he can't keep it together. He's well, like, I gotta the, go. Because the kids are there and he's gonna kill his wife and he's got like this whole you know his he's got whole some thing PTSD with, he's got some yeah with his wife being dead and him having the kids and so he runs in there to shoot the guy a guy oozies him yeah blows his fucking brains shoots him right in the fucking head right in the head. <laughs> he comes up yeah Michael King comes up hey partner hey partner how you, you doing hey partner you well, alive and he picks him up picks his head and he's like nope he's got a bullet hole in well, his head well there's a whole thing like he keeps <laughs> I left, I left. there's also that re- <laughs> yeah, recurring line in this which is it's like the line it's like the part in face off where they keeps touching each other's faces yeah uh, there's yeah. a line in this where he's like, he'll talk to his partner or talk oh, to another yeah, guy. Yeah. Like, we're alive, we're alive, we're alive. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, hey, partner, are we alive? Are right. we alive? And he lifts up his head, and he's just he lifts up his head. <laughs> he does. And he's got a he's, fucking bullet hole right in his forehead. He is not alive. And then yeah. Keaton is upset and all this stuff. He's happens. like, a medic. So then he, uh, <laughs> his partner, medic. <laughs> uh, Lapalia Lepal- had left his uh, his three precious daughters. To Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton and his he wife. He was his legal guardian uh-huh. and his wife, Renee Russo. And that's the um, movie. Renee Russo, also in Lethal Weapon <laughs> in 3. in Lethal Weapon 3. 
Renee Russo and Michael Keaton. Well, he's he's a cop. So they inherited. She, she these is guys. a wedding person, planner person, and somehow on yeah. this dual income, they have nothing. Nothing. They got dirt. I, I think. Yeah, I think the thing is supposed to be like this. They don't. Money, they're like teachers. They, they, don't they don't make, make much, any money. They don't make any money. And you're like, I feel like these cops. I, we cops, don't pay them shit, and look what they got. Yeah, I feel yeah, like they maybe, live on the street. Okay, I feel like maybe yeah, like okay, so maybe cops don't make shit. That's which I don't know if that's true. It's or not, not true. But like whatever. But like then she also has a job, and I think wedding planners make a lot I think of money. They do mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. because yeah, like, weddings are cheap. Having just been to a wedding the other day, <laughs> dirt cheap, famously, where, where the people that that put this wedding together flew me from Seattle to New York and put me up in a hotel for three nights. Yeah, yes, and they don't know me. <laughs> I know. The I'm wedding- I'm their relative's boyfriend, <laughs> and I got multiple free meals. And a couple of nights in a nice hotel. <laughs> the weddings that I've been to, it's like, where did I'm you glad get it this? came back to the wedding from earlier. Where yeah, did you get uh, this pipeline of cash to shoot around? Like, where yeah. does this money come from? It's nuts. Anyway, it's ridiculous that these guys aren't, that they can't, they like, they can't afford a fucking house. They right. just and they're like, we're strapped. We, they got so they, nothing. So they're stressed out because, you know, the kids come into their lives and they, you know, they, they love, they love these kids. And Renee Russo falls in love with the kids, kids and yes. she wants the kids and she can't have kids and this is her chance to have kids and they've got these kids and so they want these kids and the Kids are great. And the one of them has great. diabetes, but the other two are great. One of them's a little cranky twice. Yeah. And it's kind of like, <laughs> I'm a little upset and then, you know, that the, my parents the young, are... Yeah, yeah, the one youngest of them goes, one is one a little of, too freaked out. Yeah. One, you know. No, the youngest the youngest one will forget. The, there's a, like a doctor that comes in and he explains the whole thing real quick. He goes, well, the young, she's she's very young and so she's going to forget both of her parents by in a couple years, actually. She'll just forget them altogether. The oldest one, she's old enough and she's, she's like real upset right now, but she's going to get over it. The middle child, eh... Well, you know, nothing you can do about needs, that one. She needs two diabetes she, shots. I'm afraid a day. she'll be have to be shot. She needs two insulin shots a day, so ooh, she's not going to be okay. So the middle, I fi- <clears throat> that's how I found. I figured out that the, the middle middle child. If there's ever three kids, the middle child is the one who's going to be yeah. the most fucked up if their parents get killed because she's not old enough to kind of not care about her parents, but y- not young enough to forget them entirely. <laughs> and that According girl, to this movie, and that girl is already talking full sentences. She's not going to forget them entirely. She's like five. Uh, well, also, and she bananas. also gets lost. She also gets lost at a carnival briefly, and it's hilarious because anytime <laughs> there's like car, anytime there's kids in a, at a carnival and there's this loud carnival music, I'm like, oh, one of these kids is going to fucking disappear. And then sure enough, there's this whole frantic scene where the kid disappears. And it's like, fuck you. Oh, well, my favorite. It's part. either that or Dark Man's going to yell, "Give me, the, give me the fucking elephant! <laughs> give me the fucking elephant!" Those are the two my, things that'll happen at a carnival. My favorite scene. part of that carnival scene is that Renee Russo loses the little girl and then runs over to, the, to, to, to Michael Keaton and goes, I lost the girl. You find him. He's like, you find him. What the fuck? He'll use his cop skills to find a kid at a carnival. And, well, he, and which he does. He does. He, does. he finds her. He does. And they're all, they're all happy and stuff. So meanwhile, this is like this just sort of drama Now it's turning into this drama about how they adopt these kids. And, uh, they adopt the kids and they need to have a bigger house. Now they house. Need, to, need a bigger house. Child services are immediately showing up. We're like, we're going to take those kids away. Oh, but I think We're so, taking those kids away. And, but also, so, oh, go ahead. Well, there's the whole thing where he's like maybe going to buy this house from this retired cop. Right. Who's going to cut him like a sweet cash only deal where basically the cop is the landlord <laughs> and Michael Keaton just sends him 1500 bucks yeah, yeah, a month yeah. and that way there's no paperwork and, and you know cops stick together and now he's got yep. this giant house that's, for these I kids. I mean that's one of the themes of the movie. Right. Too. Cops sticking together and circling sticking your wagons. Sticking together is what good waffles do. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> can, uh, before we get too before we get too far to like the the uh, sort of last 40 minutes of the movie plot 
which is a different plot from most of the it, movie. It really is. Um, <laughs> there's like there's when like we get to the rats. There's a, really see, that's what I'm talking about. There's, a, there's an action scene that's just sort of dropped in here because he's got his new partner Benjamin Bratt now, who's uh, I guess just who he's I like, don't like. He's like I he's don't like, like Benjamin he's, Bratt. He's like just Benjamin like Bratt. He's just like uh, you got uh, this guy's your partner, the other guy who was in the movie already. Yeah. Like they don't you don't go like wow is he's old enough to be a detective? Did he passed the detective's test or he's just a detective now. He was a street cop before and now he's a detective no. because he's the other. Character He's you the talk other to. cop in the movie. Look, honestly, in the movie. we don't really even know what detectives do. Like, you were just doing a hostage negotiation earlier on. So, we have no fuck. So, what happens? So, they're going to. Uh, he's like trying to get to the bottom of who sells all the ice. Who or sells whatever. all the ice? Um, this ice and, is terrible. And so, they, go, to, they go into this basement of this apartment building and then, like, a uh, shootout happens because of because of rats. Because they go, ah, oh, fucking rats. And then there's all these rats all over the ground. And then the, guy, the guys back there are like, fucking cops. And they just immediately start shooting at the cops. Then they take cover. And then. All of a sudden, they were real rats before. There were real rats were <laughs> yeah. around their feet and shit. So and all many. of a sudden, they're like, it's like a close-up of them like ducked behind stuff, and there's like little puppet rats like crawling. He's like, ah, and Michael Keaton punches one of them. He fucking punches one. <laughs> it's a puppet rat. <laughs> and it's a little puppet rat that's like trying to bite him. He's like, ah, and he punches it. And it's it's on screen long enough. It's like the fucking uh, fake baby in American Sniper. No, it's like, like the fake rats in Bad Boys 2. No, but those uh, they are... They fuck just they like fuck us, just Kevin. Like those rats, those, those look like real rats. He is straight up pile driving her in this, Bad Boys this 2. Cuts from, this cuts from, from like real rats to rats that are like, that are just fucking puppets. They're just... Well, clearly, I mean, they're not it's even... It's so no, funny. No, it's not even close. It it's looks like Sesame Street. It's really and bad. And then he punches one of them. One of them in one shot, it looks just like a like a dead a stuffed rat on a stick that they just sort of pull out of the shot. Like its claws are up and they're just frozen. One it of just them, sort of goes... One of them has its mouth is opening and closing and Michael Keaton freaks out and punches it. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, the rat tells him to kiss its grits, too. <laughs> kiss my grits, Not as good as the scene in Hard Target where Jean-Claude Van Damme punches the snake. Oh, that's well, way cooler. That's yeah, that's well, that's cooler. This is funnier. I would I would say. This I would is, say. I would say this was. This made me fucking laugh out loud. I was like, oh my, because Travis had texted when you were watching it like earlier this week. <laughs> yeah, you were like you were fucking like, oh rat God, puppets, rats. and I was yeah. like, I was like, okay. What? So when I got to the scene with the rats, I'm like looking at I'm like these are real rats. These are real rats, and then it's like close-ups of these fucking rat puppets that they didn't even like try to make look like less like like puppets they I might just, have a little fucking googly eyes on them yeah <laughs> i'm just really pleased with myself because i watched this movie like a week and a half ago and i didn't say a fucking word about the rats because i wanted you guys to find out about this all on your own you were well, like thank you. how was one good cop and i'm like we'll talk about one good cop don't tell them about the rats don't tell them about the rats because it's a it, it is delightful uh, this is why why i like this is a bad movie but i really liked it because it's the kind of movie that will like one scene will be be like kids hugging and heartfelt and tears and then 20 like two minutes later he's iced out we gotta shoot him rat puppets oh. <laughs> and Kevin Corrigan getting fucking hit by a truck and flying is that the Kevin air. Corrigan it's Kevin Corrigan that was because that was immediately after the rats and that part made me laugh out loud too because it's it's he's hit by a truck in such a way that like looks very unrealistic and is also <laughs> hilarious because he like gets hit by the truck and like it's like the you know meet joe black scene where he like bounces off like three yeah. it doesn't do that but it's like that same thing where you're like i don't know that what? that's i don't know that that's how physics work when this movie's okay. violent it's very violent. it's very violent it's, really it's very weird. it's very dumb and violent yeah and these <laughs> these bad guys are kind con- it's like totally like a just say no some just say no shit going on because oh yeah because it's, it's like these cops are running and these these ice guys these ice freaks who are on drugs 
Ice all, climbers. They all have fucking drug. They all have fucking guns, and they're all just ready to fucking open fire on cops <laughs> right away. But man, we—it's like we, the video we, game narc. <laughs> we need to get to the part where this movie takes a fucking insane turn. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to do that because that was just a because right. you know the rat. We yeah. got it. The, the rats. The, the rats are the highlight, but then there's a scene that happens, at, and it really kind of feels like out of fucking nowhere. That is just bananas. Well, are you talking about? Well, I mean, the plot of the last part of you the don't, movie. Okay, Mike. Well, you know, I mean, you know why he's doing it. It makes you sense. know why he's doing it, but you don't. I don't feel like there was any build up to him going like, "I got a plan," or I or like he struggling has like with a, the idea to do it. He has a conversation with Rene Russo about how they need and money. He's like, for I can't the fix house. this, and she's like, "I know," and they're very happy and they're sad that the kids are going to leave because they can't afford to have them anymore yes. or whatever. But you, there isn't there isn't like another scene. Where he's like, basically, do, where he's stewing well, about well, it. First, he goes. He's hassled those guys before. He though. goes and he picks up a prostitute who is in the employee, one way or another, of the of Tony Plana, the gang leader who who owns the weirdly empty nightclub. Who from he before, and Benjamin Bratt had hassled had on the hassled street her before, yeah. and basically just forces her almost at gunpoint to <laughs> to reveal some critical information about where like the stash house. He is. basically forces her to be a snitch by saying like I'll tell these guys you're a snitch. Yeah, yeah, and then they'll fucking kill and you. And then they'll fucking kill you. And, he- and so she's freaked <laughs> and, out and then it gets worse. <laughs> and then he goes and uh and then robs them. <laughs> He's got like a ski mask on. He break, he breaks into the to the the house where all the drugs it's like a are and stuff like or that. Something. It's like a room, a hotel room. He or has something. Melina like tie everybody up and stuff like that. And then he and he's like being a full on bad guy too because at one point he's like he he makes uh, Melina tie everybody up and he goes one of them gets loose you're dead bitch I'll blow your head right off that's Michael Keaton the one yeah. good cop and one good cop. also also there's a part earlier where like he runs into this this uh, this uh, drug dealer scum of the earth scum of the earth yeah and like. Poisoner. There's a whole scene where, like, the the drug dealer, like, basically, like, says, you know, you're just a stupid cop. You don't make any money. I'm a rich guy, and you're a piece of shit. And that that comes back later. But it's like this happened what yesterday, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. apparently He's, nobody recognizes this guy's voice. He does this very stupid, very dangerous, very fucked up. I would thing, call it and, brazen, and is stupid about it too. Yeah. Because the, there's yeah. a scene where he's like, "I've got all these hundred dollar bills," and he, thro- he wrinkles he it up and throws it in Michael Keaton's face. The next day, Michael Keaton robs him. robs this guy does the same who is thing. a lunatic, murderous drug dealer. And does well, the same thing back to wrinkles him. up a bill, he's throws a, it in his yeah. face. So it's like now I know who you are. He is one of those. Exactly who you are. He's one of those villains, also that you you know is a bad guy. First of all, because he's not white, right? And uh. because and because the keep, people keep saying he's a bad guy. Later in the movie, he does try to, but he's also kind of defending himself at that point. But like for most of the movie, you just he seems like a dick, but you're not like you don't see him being like a real bad guy. Benjamin Bratt just points out one time, he goes, no matter how you cut it, he's the one who's, it's his fault that your partner's dead. And he's like blaming, because they're like saying, like it's essentially saying, this guy's the guy who gave the ice to the street level guys who sold it to that guy who had a machine gun who killed your partner. Right. So this guy, it's his fault. Of, it's, he's the bad guy. And you so he's one of those guys, but then he's also, you're like, well, I don't, he didn't really. He hasn't really done anything in this movie that we've seen that leads you to. He's, but, but I mean, I think your stronger point is that he's not white because this guy they got Tony Plana, who's like he's been in a ton of shit. He's been in so many movies, yeah, and he's still kind of like he's like the poor man's Robert Davi. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Like if you, they couldn't get he's, Robert Davi to play this say, like shitty drug dealer I would say guy. I think they really wanted him to be specifically like yeah, Latino. Yeah. I feel like Robert Italian. Davi has played that part oh, a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, you know what I mean? Guy, like he did yeah. play Franz Sanchez in the James Bond movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Robert Davi has passed the Latino way too many this times. Is, we know that politically he's not against that sort of right. thing. Right. This guy is handsome, Robert Davi. Okay. He's, there you a, go. he's a better Robert, looking guy. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, they both they both look, both look mean. But Robert Robert Davi looks like he got run over. It's very coded. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And immediately, and immediately, this guy like finds out who Michael Keaton is, has him kidnapped. Uh, First, he kills the prostitute. We find out he kills the prostitute. We find out, and, and so Michael Keaton got her killed. No, well, she he. Uh, I don't do. I don't think we see her get killed. She like we see her get stuck into a car with the bad guy, and then we never see her. No, again. we do see her again because she comes up to Michael Keaton on the street and goes, "I need to talk to you." And she gets in the car, and then the bad guy start following. Him, oh, and that's oh, how they cut, catch him. We actually don't Keaton. see her get we don't killed. Really see it right all. next. For, he's next. He's being all, tortured. Next, we know he's in a closet in the hotel room. For yeah. all we know, they let her go. Well, you're right. You're right. That could be right. So that's what I'm saying is that like for, these guys are bad guys who have a drug empire or whatever, but we don't really see them like besides the like street level uh, ice climbers who are always opening right. fire on cops. We don't see these ice top. Is we don't see these top tier guys yeah. like being monstrous in right. any way. We just see them doing what criminals would do to until, defend their turf. Until afterwards, until this one good cop invades their turf and they're like, he's like, well, he started shooting at us. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Not to defend the bad guys too much, but anyway, so Michael, so Michael Keaton gets. <laughs> hey man, blue lives matter. Okay, Michael Keaton Kevin? gets Keaton napped <laughs> by these uh, by these uh, loathsome drug dealers who are poisoning our children. Yeah, uh, with the, the worst drug of all time, and he's like tied up in a closet. We find out that uh, Molina is uh, is an undercover cop for the FBI, and and Michael Keaton just fucked up her whole operation. Yep, yep. fucked up like and a she's years the, long operation. She's the one who figures, and she goes to his. Uh, she goes to his bosses boss and says, I'm pretty sure Michael is, Keaton ripped this was, off this, my guy. This was the guy. This is a year of my yeah, undercover an work. And she's like, she's the one who recognized the thing. And that was where I was like, okay, good. Because at first I'm like, why is this lady yeah. in a, the movie at all? That's not a part for her. And yeah. then when it turns out she's an undercover cop, I'm like, that's okay. Okay, that's that's more yeah. like it. <laughs> it's, it cool. I will say that I, I was, I, I mean, it was cool that it turns out that Rachel Ticketon has this part. Yeah. But uh, like you're saying, like, why is this lady in this movie? And it's it's also kind of, a testament to how like underused she's been as an actress that they felt like they could put her into this movie and no one would know that <laughs> yeah. she was supposed to be a significant character because right. like she's in Total Recall, she's in Con Air, she's always playing these roles yeah. where she's like, I think she's awesome. She's always been great and it's just like, it sucks that somebody like that who's such a strong performer right. can get relegated into this like dump role. Yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't get enough Ticketin. Like yeah. She was awesome and uh, she should have been in a lot more stuff. And it's not too late. I don't think she's dead. <laughs> put her, put no, her, put her in movies. Too, Rachel Ticketon, if you're listening to this, call in. <laughs> call in. We want to hear from you. We love you. What happened? Uh, anyways. Just call in. Just start dialing <laughs> random numbers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only Rachel Ticketon, though. Long-time time listener, first-time caller. It's Rachel Ticketon. <laughs> Long-time Rachel Ticketon, first-time caller. Uh, yeah, so anyways, he he, he gets Keaton-napped. Uh, Keaton-napped. Ra- Ra- Rachel, Rachel Ticketon, they're like torturing him and stuff like that. And uh, and then she, just, and she's and she, more... she's not cool with. She's like, oh shit, they caught him already. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. just like a day after he robbed these guys. And then basically, like the like everyone has to come save him. Essentially, am I am I wrong? I, uh, I kind of don't. No, rem- she, I just she, remember that this culminates him, in another surprisingly violent sequence. She like out of oh that's right. She, she goes into out the of bathroom. character helps him out, and then she's kind of not mad at him. She she basically at one in one scene goes like he fucked up my whole uh, undercover drug operation and then when she, she sees that he's being tortured and stuff she just goes like well I guess I'm gonna save him and then I'm gonna stab a guy in the throat and help you escape in an action and then it's this yeah. ridiculous action scene I mean it makes sense but it, it does it does uh, 
you know, because she, she, not once does she say to his face, like, you really fucked me and my whole job up well, by being a fucking asshole well, and robbing these guys. It's, we'll get to the fact that he does not get in as much trouble as he should and so, yeah. so, uh, for doing what he does. Yeah, and uh, then there's a whole then there's a whole shootout, and he they run he runs out there and shoots all these bad guys. There's a she, Molotov cocktail thrown. Molotov yeah. cocktail. The violence he, is surprisingly and violent he, uh, again. The guy's he's, coming after him with a machine gun in this this room that's on fire, and then Michael Keaton stabs him with a sword. With a sword. Yep, with a sword. I he love just it. sees a sword on the bed, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta get the sword." And he stabs him with a sword, and you're like, "Jesus!" And this now movie. everyone's dead except Rachel Tickerton and Michael Keaton. I was much. laughing so hard when he stabbed a guy with a sword and in so, this movie. So you think, well, this his whole the the. The jig is up, right? Uh, he's um, he's gonna get in tr- big trouble because yeah. that's that, all that stuff was very illegal. Even though he was yeah. robbing a bad guy, it still is not no, he's, not okay aside, to do it. And then he also killed shit, all those people. He fucked up an entire FBI investigation yeah. into these people. I mean, that, it's like the biggest fuck up so imaginable. That, so you know, he and he a, goes into the uh, his boss's office and like he's he like, knows, I'm, he knows I'm he's assuming done. you're gonna want me, and then maybe I have to go to jail. He too. goes. His boss goes. Uh, he goes. Well, you gonna you gonna write this up or me? He goes. Doesn't matter. He, well, I write it up. You're just a suspect. You write it up. It's a confession. It's a confession. Oh, what a what a good guy. How then noble. The, and then his chief whines about how I got so many heroes and martyrs on this squad. Uh, I need some real guy. I don't know what he is. And he's kind of whining a little. And then he goes, "Go uh, put your gun over there on this thing." And he goes to put his gun over there, and he sees the duffel bag that because he, he'd only taken some yeah. of the money, right. enough of the money to buy the house. He'd given the rest of it to this like uh, so church, cool. this child, to he this just priest, wet his beak a little to bit. this priest for that has runs this like uh, shelter for children and homeless people. And then that priest could like took a little bit of that money to take the kids to the museum, and then gave the rest of the cops because he yeah. couldn't have that on his conscience. And so, exactly. essentially, the money he stole that was FBI money from this fake buy is back in police hands. So it's okay, and uh, Total Recall is not going to testify against him. Um, and and then and then he hands him he hands him back his badge, and he's like. You know, we lost your partner, and he was a he was a good he was a good cop. I can't lose another one. And he's smiling at him, and you're like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, we look out for each other." And then he goes out and back out into the squad room. And when he came in, you think, "Oh, everybody's mad at him because of all those crimes." But he goes back out there, and everyone's smiling at him. Yep. And they're all like, <laughs> "You got and he away sits with down it." Down across from Benjamin Bratt, and Benjamin Bratt goes, "Yes." He does like a yes move, like, "Yeah, all right, you got away with it." And that's when the narr- the narration at the end, uh, the voiceover narration goes, and that's when we knew that we were no we were no longer. <laughs> little girls we were one good we were cop. one good cop <laughs> no it actually ends with him on the phone with uh, Rene Russo because we're alive baby we're alive we're, we're alive. alive we're alive partner we're alive so fucking because now she's his partner I guess because his cop partner died now he just calls his wife and nobody wants to be partners with Benjamin Bratt because of that guy uh, so mm-hmm. that's one cut, one, to, cut to credits he got away with he it he got away with it one and, and you know it, good because these people they have families mm-hmm they work hard. They work hard. It's like it's like all it's the thin what do you blue want? Line. What do you want? Ice in here in Ballard? Do you want ice? Yeah, I mean, wait, wait. These ice climbers wait, are now, crazy. The, the, oh, okay. The ice climbers certainly not. The uh, all three of these movies have they have like sort of seeds of something that could that w- could make an interesting movie were yeah. it handled in a way that was a good a better movie. Yeah, that this movie this was, was a, aware of what it was doing and what was happening. Like it would if be Michael Keaton's character, you know, because it could be like this drama about this cop like making these hard decisions, but it, the movie treats it like then treats it like an action movie, yeah. and you're like, well, <laughs> so and then you and then like the bad guys are these cartoonish, you know, Hispanic bad guys, right. and so you're like, well, those guys are bad, and he should murder. 
murder them. <laughs> and that's Why? Ju- what did, and they, that's what did they do? They sell drugs. Do they? I don't know. We don't know that. We, justice. We, I've never, I haven't seen that guy sell drugs. Anyway, you know, you never see Avon Barksdale with any of the money or any right? of the, you know. Well, they did catch him with the money. That's the problem. But you don't see him with any of the drugs. So. Dope he, on the table. I just want to get. I just want to do one last one ice, more ice hysteria quote <laughs> uh, before we go because this movie's full of them. Uh, this ice man, this shit is the plague. It's like a hurricane man picks you up and blows you out of this world. You get so horny, you tear bitches apart. So angry, you blow everybody away. <laughs> man, that is like my life. Never mind. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Those guys are the worst because that's what they're selling to people. Yeah. This stuff is worse than nuke. <laughs> it's way worse, it's than, worse nuke. than nuke. It's worse than jingle jangles. Has anybody else watched season two of River Je- Riverdale? Uh, jingle. They, they have a drug called jingle jangle on that show. Uh huh. Worse than that stupid <laughs> drug Tom Cruise does in Minority Report. You keep trying to get me to watch that show, and it just isn't happening. I don't think I've ever tried to get you to watch it. I just tell you about it, and Jesus. I say that I enjoy it. All right, we're not getting into the Riverdale right. thing. Not yet. Given this not two yet. and a half Judds. Uh-huh. Wow. I'm giving it zero Douglases because this is not sleazy. No, it's not even sexy. Zero, 100%. And I'm giving it one out of one good cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm giving it three, Judds. Uh, what? It's obviously not a good movie, but wow. I fucking really enjoyed it. Man. I had a ball Pacific watching Pacific Heights movie. level good? I, it's probably you know what I don't even know at this point like which one of those which of those movies is better I just know that one good cop w- had me laughing constantly throughout I know that wasn't the intention of the filmmakers yeah. but I thought it was a, I was I had a ball okay it had it had uh, rat puppets in it and it was just yeah. like how it kept on going back and forth ten between out of ten this, rat puppets I guess yeah before, how it kept going back and forth between the schmaltz and like this hardcore violence I thought it was really bananas and I enjoyed it uh, I don't know if I'd watch it again but uh, we'll see um, zero zero douglases and uh i'm gonna give it i think there were maybe three puppet rats three puppet rats yeah yeah uh i'm giving it two two juds it's not good it's also not <laughs> like a murder mystery thriller at all except for very briefly at the end and i'm giving it i'm gonna give it a negative one douglas <laughs> because it's like the opposite it's of like asexual and sexy it's like even the scenes where he's almost about to have sex with renee russo are like eh, they're very they're very like tame and then also, or, or or kids or, or they're interrupted by kids this movie the kids shit just fucking pissed me off too just, if you look on so the back cloying. of the box for this it actually has a quote from you two and a half stars made my dick soft <laughs> kevin clark two and a, i didn't get a two and a half is wrong they misquoted me <laughs> they that's misquoted the, me on the stars. That's the media for I'm, you. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it two though because I did think it was. I did think it was funny and it made me. Uh, it made me shake my head a lot because of like, what is this? What is this? The worldview of this movie is hilarious and and wrong, but also it's it's kind of it's pro- it is a little in a way sort of more realistic than Cobra, although not necessarily in the ways. Certainly not as good. Not necessarily in the ways that they think. <laughs> They're like it's because cops are good, and they do. And you're like, well, I think that this movie makes cops makes me think that cops are bad. <laughs> seems, seems pretty fucked up. Tagline like for one good cop is crime is a disease, and he's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got feelings. He's got feelings. Uh, and I'm gonna give it uh, three, three, three precocious moppets. Yeah, <laughs> they're so adorbs. Yeah, that's one good cop. Yeah. Next, I killed. Boom boom. I cannot make myself feel bad about it. I cannot imagine a god who would care. 
I have to warn you, not just about the physical danger, because he's already killed one prisoner and crippled another, but also McCabe is very sharp. Right. You know why I'm here. My son will die without a transplant. And somehow, I was identified as a genetic match with your son. That's what I've been told. Maybe you can appreciate my amusement at the irony. After all those years being locked up, I'm given the opportunity to kill again. Cops kid at that. All I gotta do is stay right here. Well, that's not acceptable. Next, this is this one's probably my favorite. Let's wrap it, it up. Three. This movie Jeez. is a treat. But <laughs> <laughs> Matt's got Matt's got something to do. Let's yeah. let's blast through this shit. Desperate measures, directed by Bar- Barbe Schroeder. Schroeder. Yeah, who we are? Who we? Uh, didn't he did single white female? Also, he did single right? white yeah. females. So yeah. This is our number number two. Uh, 1998. Second appearance of Barbara Schroeder. Let me tell you my interpretation of this movie. Uh, mm. I felt like this movie is that scene in uh, Silence of the Lambs where Hannibal Lecter breaks out of that prison, <laughs> that, that homemade prison, <laughs> yeah. the movie. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty just much what it's about. Somebody saw that scene and was like, man, that scene is very effective and really cool. He gets, He's doing all stuff. He's doing stuff with gadgets and he's genius and he gets out and then and they, what if we just made a whole movie that was that? Yeah. Like what, if, in a, what if we got Andy Garcia? <laughs> Nobody should ever get Andy Garcia. Get That's me funny. Andy Garcia. What Andy Garcia is good. You like Andy Garcia? I mean, he can be good. I'm not crazy about Andy One Garcia. One day we'll probably cover Jennifer 8 on this movie, which is an oh, Andy Garcia Oh, we're totally doing Jennifer It's 8. quite bad. Okay. I mean, I liked him in uh, Untouchables. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Sure. One of your favorites. One of my favorite movies favorite of all films? time. I don't know. I'm, I mean, he's good in the Oceans Series of films, maybe, Run maybe and hide. That. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's Joe Montana. I know. I think that was Joe Montana. It's Joe Montana. <laughs> Andy Garcia. It's kind of how he is, says it, though. Is Fat Tony? Run and hide, <laughs> Mister. It's kind of how he talks a little bit in those movies. <laughs> it's an erotic thriller. <laughs> Allow us to meet and greet this Danny Ocean. <laughs> What if it was Joe Montaigne instead of Andy Garcia? That'd be a much better movie, I think. Could be, could be. All right, so this movie is about how Andy Garcia, he's like a cop. What is he, a cop, FBI? I think he's either a cop or the FBI. That They're not clear about that. He's a fibby, uh, and he's got a kid who's got like leukemia and needs a bone marrow transplant. And this kid is adorable. He is he's so cute. giving those three kids from one, those Very girls precocious. from one good cop a run for their money. And it's good. it's a good thing, too, because he's already, they've already... Figured out that the kids from One Good Cop are not good bone marrow donors for no, this child. No, only one person in the world is a good bone marrow don- do- bone marrow donor and for this kid. And it's Michael Keaton, who is apparently like Cyrus the Virus from Con Air level evil. What did he do? Did we find do out what much. he did? He didn't do. What much. did he do? His rap sheet. Uh, he, they end up because they. I think they break into they the do, FBI. Like, they do the like, how evil is he dossier read on him, and what is it? He apparently got busted pretty quick for being an evil super genius, and he, there was like some some killings on there. There's only there's one line in it that kind of gives you an, an idea of like his crimes. They don't go into a whole lot of detail about his his genius. There's no he's clearly a Hannibal Lecter type. He's right. supposed to be Hannibal Lecter. He's supposed to be a charming genius. I, I prefer psychopath. my John Malkovich comparison. Type that's of thing. Fine. Uh, but there, there's there's one part when he's talking to uh, Andy Garcia, and he goes. I killed, and and, and this is I, this is the pause is part of his performance. I killed, lady in a hot, lady in a hat, guy in a store, boom boom. That was me. <laughs> I killed, lady in a hat, guy in a store, boom boom, boom boom. So he killed a lady in a hat and a guy in a store, boom boom, and uh, and he goes that was real. But I cannot make myself feel bad about it. He has a 
southern accent in this movie right. for some reason. I cannot Sometimes. imagine. I cannot imagine a god who would care. I done put for put my faith in the power of my own mind. Jesus. I was kind of laying it on a little thick towards the end there. Then he starts going on about the war of northern aggression a little bit too. It's pretty weird. <laughs> so uh, so that's when he says, "Can I get you some did? lemonade, <laughs> Colonel Angus?" Is in prison here. <laughs> I actually didn't know what he'd done until I was I shot a lady reading in the head. Roger boom, boom. Ebert's review, and he and he says he killed. He killed four people, including a prison inmate. And I was so, so I was which like, would have been after being busted for the original. So, so and I'm like, oh, okay, because it was it, they present this guy as if like fucking this guy. I can't believe he's the only one. Did you and get the sucks. sense that? Did you get the sense that maybe at some point in the development of this movie, like he was just supposed to be a very bad guy yeah. who wasn't necessarily like a fucking super criminal. Right. And then it gets to Michael Keaton and it gets to the studio and everybody's like, well, what if we beef up this uh, this thing a little bit? Because that's... I mean, the whole movie's overbaked. Because he's like... Because the like, they, they go to it's his It's based cell. on a novel. I wonder if the novel Andy is Garcia, like that. He's like Andy lifting Garcia, water weights. Yeah, he's like, like Max Cady. He's like... He's like that's, the, that's the intro so you know that he's strong and yeah. also in, he's got ingenuity because he made these weights himself out of his own piss. And, the, the, uh, the Max Cady part of this where he's like lifting the weights... I was like, I want to see the the Simpsons Desperate Measures parody where it's like Sideshow Bob is yeah. is breaking out of the hospital, just lifting lifting sacks of his own piss. It's not his own piss. I, I just thought just, that would have been a funny I think detail. It's, just, it's water. Just, water. just water. He's got these bags. He fills them with water, uh, and, then they, and then he wraps his T-shirt around it because he's a genius. Yeah. He's a he's basically a MacGyver. Yeah. He's like Hannibal Lecter meets MacGyver. But they got anyway, a lot of they, that. Got, they got a whole thing, and then they, Michael Keaton agrees to be a do, a bone marrow donor for this this boy. So he's like he doesn't, and then he does. He doesn't, and then he doesn't. He thinks clear, of because he thinks of a plan. He thinks of a plan. It's clear that he's going to use this as an attempt to escape. Now uh, I don't know enough about medicine to answer this question. <laughs> I do. Go ahead. <laughs> Good. Uh, why can't they shoot him? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, like shoot him, and then like so he's unconscious. No, because shoot shoot the kid and put him out of his misery. No. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. why can't they just... I mean, why does Michael Douglas have to be alive they for them go, to do they this? Do they do go on. They do, I know, I know, it. but I don't buy it. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. It's it's true in the movie. <laughs> By the rules of the movie, it's yeah. true. And again, like, why can't they just... Could they just tranquilize the second, him? The second he's dead, I feel like they could shoot him with the tranquilizer. Couldn't they sedate him somehow? Well, I mean, that's what they were That's what they were going to do originally well, yeah, but on the operating table. Once he gets away, though. That's what I'm saying, is that, no, they were they were going to do that anyway. Right. They were anyway going to sedate him, so why can't they... Fucking just sh- sniper him with like a tranquilizer. Shoot his kneecaps out. Something. Yeah, something. I mean, you could you could still be alive if you like blow his arm off. Yes. They're, right. They're incapacitating him in some the way. Marrow out of his spine. All you got to do is preserve that spine area and keep him alive. You're pretty much. Good. Does that does it have to be spinal marrow? Is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, that's just what happens know. in the movie. I mean, whatever. I've, 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 I've I love Armageddon. I've watched dumber <laughs> shit. I mean, I'm not trying to nitpick this for realism. I just was like. It seems like it could get in the way. Yeah, I don't know if it's true, but I mean, it, needs, the movie it does, needs to be true for the movie to the work. The movie yeah. does go like, tell him what happens when uh, you, you take the bone marrow from a dead man. and then uh, It's then like, I, with, it's like when then, the interview with then, the vampire uh, vampires drink the dead blood. And then Marsha yeah. Gay Harden like, explains it, but I zoned out. Because <laughs> oh, right, oh, right. I just remembered Marsha Gay Harden's in this. <laughs> yeah, Marsha Gay Harden's in it. <laughs> and at time, like for the most part, is far more hero- heroic than Andy Garcia yeah. in this movie. But she, doesn't, she, yell, she doesn't yell as much. <laughs> Marsha Gay Harden is just a doctor. Well, I mean, just a doctor. Doctor, but she's the doctor, and then right. she's constantly getting guns pointed in her face and held hostage. Yeah. And then, like seconds later, like after this horrifying situation is dispelled, she'll be like, "All right, let's get to it." And you're yeah. like, "Wow, yeah, she is she an just amazing multiple woman. emergency uh, procedures in and, this movie until the part when she suffers from crippling, crippling fear of heights. Fear of heights, yes." <laughs> 
<laughs> Very at the worst time. At the worst. At the absolute worst time. <laughs> well, I mean, the, here's the thing: we spend a lot of time on these podcasts, like sort of detailing things that happen in the plot. But there's, I mean, not I mean, a lot the, to go into. There's here. not a lot of twists and turns. He like figures out a way to escape, and he does it. I do while like he's it on the operating he table. He lights a guy thing, on fire. Yeah, he turns into a he, he turns the like yeah. uh, anesthesia thing into, into a, a blowtorch. He torches <clears throat> so many dead people in a hospital. Like, this is my favorite. Thing in the whole movie, this scene where he does the flamethrower bit, because there's one shot, and it's like right after he's started to blowtorch everybody, and there's just, there's like a shot of him in the foreground with the blowtorch, and there's like a guy hiding in the corner, and like a dude on fire waving his arms yeah. around, running through the frame, and it, it totally looks like like a Sam Raimi movie, like it's yeah. like the scene in Spider Man Two when Doctor Octopus that, finally wakes yeah. up. It's totally like a fucking cartoon. That, it's hilarious. That comes to uh, what I was gonna just say is that it's like the whole movie is like kind of supposed to be like a showcase almost for this Michael Keaton performance mm-hmm. like this crazy Michael Keaton yeah. crazy guy and the movie's not overbaked <laughs> enough you said this movie's overbaked but it's not because if, well, it, if not, it were like, shot by a guy who's taking it seriously that's what I who's mean. like making a real movie if it were like yeah. if it were like Sam Raimi level if it was that crazy like yeah. that this movie would be fucking awesome yeah and it would be you could have the same script essentially yeah, exactly and exa- same just, performances just, and everything just and it'd be still the same dumb shit but we'd still be going like why can't they shoot the guy but if it was just taken up like three or four or five notches yeah. and was nuts yeah more nuts it would be great because it doesn't get quite, nuts let's, let's get, get nuts. nuts exactly but it doesn't get nuts enough it doesn't like no it needs like go. the Sam Raimi like heavy Dutch angle snap zooms yeah. and stuff you know but it gets kind of nuts well the though. plot gets that's, nuts but that's but what it's I mean like, but that's the whole movie it gets kind of nuts I think formally two, it's two missing, stars it gets kind of nuts it's missing that like the the like exaggerated cinematography and like yeah. everybody in this is kind of pretending they're in a real movie the instead of, of just fun. like cutting loose yeah Andy Garcia definitely thinks he's in a real movie and it yeah. like yeah it like because it's because the movie's stupid and there's parts but the movie of it doesn't that won't let do go there be that. It kind like, of the blowtorcher like the scene where he's like uh where Michael Keaton has finally gotten away from the hospital like towards the end of the movie he's like in the car singing Creedence Clearwater Revival for <laughs> fucking, no reason imagine we'll keep on yeah. toying <laughs> so, and he's doing the like toying stuff uh, I love that fucking it's give, so great give John Woo this movie or something oh, yeah. you know I mean this just reminded me I would me, like to see this the same this just made me think like Oh yeah, remember that hospital shootout scene in Hard Boiled? I wish I was watching that. Right, it's, yeah. it's almost as long as this movie. And oh, it's, uh, anyway, but well, uh, well, the blowtorch scene was my second favorite scene during this escape sequence because my favorite scene in the entire movie that it makes absolutely no sense and is wonderful is where, uh, or maybe you can explain how it does make sense <laughs> is where Michael Keaton he's like gotten away that the blowtorch thing happened and then he's like sprinting and there's like a because a lot of this is Psycho Die Hard is like what yeah. if the Psycho was John McClane and uh, and there's like a Shaft, what it, uh, pipe, what shaft, it, uh, a pipe shaft, pipe shaft. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, one a of ventilation shaft. Okay, and uh, and he Shut like opens mouth. the door. And he's like, come out to the coast. And he's we'll gonna get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> now he knows what a TV dinner feels like. Yeah. And he's gonna go in. He's gonna jump into the shaft, but for some reason he decides to like pick up the uh, defibrillators first. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he turns them on, and then he like holds them electrified <laughs> as he slides down the the shaft, and it's going like a lot of. And you're like, why? A lot of stuff in this movie slows him down. It's friction. Electrical friction. A lot of stuff what Tesla, in this It's movie. what Tesla's whole theories are based on. <laughs> that and that's is. why they shut him down. Yeah. That's why oh. they buried his research. That's why they assassinated yeah. him. Yep. yep. That's Same why night. David Bowie assassinated Nikola Tesla. Yeah, man. Yeah, and took his place. Yeah. But uh, I think the, a lot of stuff in this movie made me think that it was, was just, just in the movie for a uh, to be in the trailer. 
Yeah, like Which, there were a couple. I can't remember. There was some, one other shot, in particular, when he's being wheeled in, where someone says something, and it was like, "Oh, that's just in here to." They're like explaining the movie real quick right. in like a line, and you're like, "Oh, that's only here because it was going to be in the trailer or something." Or that shot of him with the defibrillator, <clears throat> like, "Ooh, Michael Keaton sliding down a thing and sparks shooting Man. off of his hands." What is this movie going to be? We're talking like? about. I was. Kind of, I liked this movie. I was entertained by it watching it. I was, you know, I didn't really love it or anything, but no. we're talking about it now and. Yeah, if, like if 1989, <laughs> 90s Sam Raimi Darkman era had directed this movie, it would be so fucking good. And I feel like, yeah, I just feel like uh, Keaton. Keaton is is seems like willing, but they don't. I think he, he's fun in it. He he's fun, but he's. I feel like it could be further. I just think the movie isn't quite uh, pitched high enough. Yeah. To to I think ju- Kevin to justify completely inappropriately diagnosed what's wrong with this movie. That's <laughs> it. He solved the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I do Medicine. have a, I do have a psychiatry yeah. degree. So. It's perfect. I mean, if the if the movie had been that, we'd be talking about how fucking awesome um, it was. And, right I st- yeah. and I still like. I still thought it was kind of. I still awesome. thought it was, was kind of awesome. I just sure. felt like. I also felt like the, at so at one point I wanted there to be. I usually don't like exposition, but I wanted there to be an expository scene in the middle of the movie where they go like, "Fuck, guys, we just found this guy's rap sheet or something." Yeah, and, and they like explain like, about yeah. like. Did you know this guy did this and this and this? Or early in the you know, where they like explain Are you seriously telling me this guy did the, the Latanza heist? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. like that kind of thing. I wanted them to start explaining and then I'd be like, fuck, this guy is hard. You're not gonna be able to yeah. stop this guy ever, Andy Garcia. You're way you are not in the same class as him. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, can you imagine that uh, the kind of will and uh, psycho- psychopathic mind and genius it takes to uh, sh- shoot a lady in a hat and a guy in a store? Boom, boom. <laughs> I mean, really, guys. I don't know if you're you're putting enough uh, mm-hmm. emphasis. As to I mean, how fucked I, I up also this feel like is. I also feel like if the character had only done like four murders and then they treated the movie more serious, like if it was, it either needs to be pitched way higher, which would make it great and fun, yeah. or it needs to be pitched lower, which would make it boring. But also like more like realistic. The, where it's the, like uh, this guy kind of is a bad guy, and he's got I got to get bone marrow, and now he's escaped. And you're is like, the Alan oh. Pakula version of this movie good? <laughs> yeah. You know, the Alan Pakula version of this is is two and a half <laughs> hours long. <laughs> We're always talking about like what if Brian De Palma directed this? So like we've got yeah. Sam Raimi. Who yeah. else? Oh well. <laughs> Long story short, uh, Keaton gets out. <laughs> Rowdy Harrington would have made a good one of these. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched a Rowdy Harrington movie recently. Which uh, one? James, James Spader. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about movie. this. Yeah, yeah. Jack's back. Jack's Jack. back. It was no, no. It wasn't Jack's back. It was oh, uh, uh, eyewitness. the stick-up. Or the stick-up. He yeah. also did one called Eyewitness, Wait, which didn't is not he do bad. Jack's back? He did, yeah. He did okay. Jack's back, too. I was, I, I was about to say, like, Travis, we yeah. just did a whole podcast no, about no, James Spader. The not bad. I thought Travis was maybe having like It seems like it's going to be bad at first, and then you're like, this movie has twists in it. That are okay. actually pretty good. That's, that's good. That's it was a bad. different movie. I thought you were having a like a real senior yeah, moment there, where you were like, where Travis, Travis is going to, and we were just going to well, stop I mean, the podcast. We are going to cover a great Rowdy Harrington movie, guys. Soon. I'm sorry, I've been ice climbing all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking frozen, man. My brain's fucking fried. So, uh, so Keaton gets away, and then, but I, I thought Keaton gets away. He has no he, plan. He gets away and doesn't get away because he gets away, and I'm like, oh, and so then he barricades himself in, in the, the hospital. hospital. In the hospital, yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Why it, didn't he leave? In the jail point, ward. At some point, somebody goes like, so what's the plan? And he's like, a, honestly, I have no idea. The hospital, it's a hospital now, but it used to be a prison. It's right. like set up at the beginning, and so they have so there's like the old part of the prison part, and then there's the newer part. And they're linked hospital. by a sky they're bridge. Linked by a sky bridge, which is important. There's for so much one. of that sky bridge in this movie. Yeah, it's a lot. Tons yeah. of sky bridge. They they had a miniature yeah. built of the sky bridge, and they're god damn it, they're going to use it. <laughs> they blew it up. They blow it up at a certain point. Yeah. Andy Garcia has is like forsaking all of his cop shit like from the very beginning yeah. because like the the key line in this movie is. Uh, 
you know, kill him, kill my son. If you kill Michael Keaton, you're killing my son. And so he's like protecting this this psychopath. And Michael Keaton knows the deal. So he won't let him die, even though this guy's then shooting cops. And the cops are also like, he let him him go. And Brian Cox is like, Super is super fed up as uh, Andy Garcia's boss or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Until he's not. Until he's like this other guy, this I other cop who's fine. worse. It's like it's like this sort of you know cops in charge are, are not, don't know what's going on. And, yeah. and Brian Cox and this other SWAT team guy are, are mad at him because he blows up the sky bridge when they were going to go across because they weren't listening to him. Yeah. So he's because Michael Keaton was going to do that. Then he gets mad. He's like, Ah, you're doing my plan. And the one cop's like, That guy just tried to blow us up. And Brian Cox goes, No. He just saved our lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so now us. you're okay. Now yeah, okay. you're on his team. That's okay, cool. whatever. Yeah. This is yeah. another movie. By the way, this go from segueing from one good cop into this. It is another movie about a cop who is just constantly doing stuff that is <laughs> illegal <laughs> and against the. He is way out of line yeah, constantly yeah. in this movie, though. Yeah. And so he's basically fighting the cops and everyone else at the yeah. same time. Because the cops uh, are hunting him. That's what I'm saying. This movie could be more fun because the cops are hunting him while he's hunting Michael Keaton, who he doesn't want to kill so he can save his son. It's got this pressure. Premise that's like, man, if you took this in, in a ridiculous, but anyway, yeah, it's such a I've crazy premise. About that. There's, there's t- uh, a part in it that, that was my th- third favorite scene where, uh, where Andy Garcia, <laughs> Andy, Gar- anything involving Andy Garcia on a motorcycle in this is my favorite thing in the world because there's one part where it's all very frantic and he's like bursting through a crowd of people and he's like, I gotta get, uh, get someplace. I don't remember where he's gotta go. He's like, I gotta get someplace. <laughs> gotta get on this motorcycle. He gets on the cop motorcycle, steals yeah. the motorcycle, and speeds away. He's got a helmet on because safety first. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's an, and then there's a scene later on he, where he's like, ah, he gets off the phone, like, ah, and he drives away, and you see him put the the helmet on. <laughs> and then he rams the fucking motorcycle through, through the, the front the door of a hospital, and then it just crashes and lands on the ground. And he, he could have just gone in the doors. It's madness. Well, no, he's go because he's the cops are after him at that. They're taking him away to arrest him. <laughs> yeah. And he runs away, so he couldn't like just walk in. Because they were gonna, they get it. Oh, were the doors locked? Well, I mean, no, because they were gonna. Because if the cops, if he ran, you know, if he got off the motorcycle to get to the, oh, the cops are just right the there at the door. Were, the cops I didn't there. notice that. I, I'm, I'm with the cops Travis. Are, I thought this was absurd. I thought, the it, cops was, I thought it was nuts because he the doesn't that, get much farther. The thing that I think is funny about that scene is that he like gets on the motorcycle to like drive away. And then, and then realizes that the movie's taking place at the hospital. So he like <laughs> yeah, almost he immediately back. turns around and goes, "Oh right, I'm in this movie. Fuck, what do I? Yeah, I gotta go back." <laughs> like he was like gonna go somewhere, and then they're like, "No, the movie, the movie's in this place." And he goes, "Oh right, the movie's all this one place." I was trying to escape. Oops, uh, I forgot. <laughs> I was trying to get away to a new movie. Oh well, back to this. And it, then at some alive. point, inevitably. Um, like the the Michael Keaton kidnaps the son to yeah, yeah. the son at this point has had some sort of procedure done to him that leaves him completely susceptible to like he needs to be in a bubble at all times yeah. essentially he needs to be the boy in the bubble it's like and so I he guess, keeps on getting yanked out of his bubble very yeah. dangerous yeah because he doesn't have any marrow or something Michael like Keaton's that. partner is is like guarding him and hanging out with him the whole time and I kind of liked some of their stuff because yeah. it was just sort of this nice little here's this other movie Keaton with this a kid with this kid and this and this uh his part his partner who were just hanging out who's trying to help him keep him keep him safe. Marsha Gay Harden also I liked her a lot in this movie. She's good. She's good. She's like she reminded me of uh of uh Abby Lockhart on ER. Oh man. It, it, <laughs> she was very very I was like I could see this being an ER episode with uh with my girl Abby Lockhart. Oh, God, doing wish. doing this cuz she's cuz she's the same way where she gets like real upset and then is like Okay, let's well, go, let's get the Mara Tierney is playing that character in the Sam Raimi version Maybe. of this movie in my head. <laughs> yeah, I wish, now, now I wish that version existed. <laughs> man, you didn't before, but now you do. I, did, I, I think I did before. I just didn't. You, had, oh, you hadn't man. articulated it. 
Keaton develops sort of like a bond with his kid for some reason. He likes the kid, and, I guess the, and the kid's going like, "You shouldn't be doing this." And he's like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Yeah, but I'm a fucking murderer, kid. I'm a fucking murderer. And uh, and at a certain point, the kid like he's, a, he's he bashes a hole in the wall that he's going to climb and climb into an elevator shaft or something like that. A pipe the kid, shaft. It's a the pipe kid shaft. hits him with a crowbar or something. He's like, "Why'd you do that?" And he's like, "You got a gun. You're going to kill, kill my, my dad. dad." He's like, "You know what, kid? I you're think we are right. related." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, like, "Wink." The I like kid, this kid. The kid is not terrible in this. I didn't think. Yeah, he's not bad. No, he's, I mean, he's but he's like he's like kind of like got this. I like some of his dialogue because he like is his mom has died right. and he's very sick. And he's kind of having these conversations with his dad that I kind of was like, oh, that's not, it's because this kid's like going like, hey, dad, you know, if I die. And his dad's like, no, no, no. And he's like, hey, look, I'm gonna, I yeah, might, but, but I very well might die, dad. It's good like, because oh, okay. the scenes that normally are in this movie that you're like, they're trying to get you to care about this fucking kid for some reason. Yeah. are like normally pretty stale. These are a little bit that's better. What, that's what I mean. Yeah. But, but there's, what, there's still shitty MacGuffin scenes where you're just like, oh, fuck. Let's get through this scene so we can <laughs> get to the about fucking the kid. movie. It's bad enough that this guy's going to break out and kill a bunch of people. I mean, I don't really give a fuck what happens to the little boy. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to, since we're going sure, to have, do have that, that shit in there, you might as well, I'm glad that yeah. they made them good. They made it not I'm glad terrible. that they made me like the scenes with the little kid. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have to like the kid. I think I liked the scenes with the little kid for the, the stupid shit with Michael Keaton, like, empathizing with him. I thought that that was more fun than the kid's dialogue being, like, okay. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think the kid's great or anything. I just think that it's it's interesting. Like, it was like, the kid's not, the kid's, like, a good, like, yeah. you know, like, okay, yeah, this is a, sure, this kid's ready to die. It's like, it was like, it's all like the scene at the end of Hannibal when Lecter, like, feeds the little kid some brains. He's like, oh, I don't think you're going to like this. Try these brains. I don't yeah. know. Huh. Uh yeah, it's I don't know I th- I think it's kind of fun but like you can but you know what's happening and then eventually he gets out of the building again. This Does movie he? takes place in San Francisco. Yep. If we haven't pointed out both both of the movies with Keaton as a psycho in today's podcast take place in, in San, San Francisco, Francisco. Mm. with some pretty yeah. good uh, on location photography. Yeah, uh, and then there's sort of San a car Francisco's chase. a pretty city, so you fly a helicopter yeah, over it's, it. And it's, it's hard like, to go there. Wrong. You go yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's like a kind of a final showdown where he gets him on this bridge. And then he has the bridge go up while he stands. It's one, yeah. one of those um, uh, toll. It's, a, it's like a drawbridge. It's like but a drawbridge, but it's the one a whole piece. Yeah, whatever. One it's of those like bridges that does the stuff. It. What do you call that kind of bridge? It's the same bridge from Inception, where, <laughs> right. they, where they get the van. And it's called an Inception bridge. Everybody, Inception uh, bridge. everybody send us what. What you call that bridge? Are there any bridge experts listening? Tell us what yeah. that bridge. If is. there are any bridge Hashtag experts whatever listening the bridge to this, is called. do not call in. <laughs> we we're keeping the line open for Rachel Titkin. Ticketin. 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 Um, uh, yeah, so there's so, like final yeah. show ba- showdown on this bridge, and I kept on thinking while this was happening that this was probably pissing people off who were like waiting to get to wherever oh, they yeah. were going in San Francisco. <laughs> like, what are they, why Why is this taking so long for the bridge to go down? I gotta Yeah, get like, to ever wait for the Ballard Bridge to get back into the neighborhood? Yeah, same like, God damn it. Like, imagine that Ballard Bridge was up for like three hours, and someone was like, oh, they're making a shitty Michael Keaton movie. <laughs> and you're like, fuck <laughs> you. No, you're not. Or it just turns out Michael Keaton's escaped, and they're trying to kill him, and you're like, fuck this. <laughs> Uh, they both end up like fall- driving off the bridge, and and Keaton's out, and and he's also like bleeding or he's hurting in a number of ways. Andy Garcia dives in after him, pulls him out of the water, and Keaton's like, "I'm going, man, I'm going." I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're, no, not. you're not gonna you're go. Together. And there's a very odd scene where there where he's like next sitting next to him in his hospital, and he's like, "I need you to live, and you need you to live for me, Michael Keaton." And Michael Keaton like clasps his hand, and they're like they're clasping hands together. You're like, what? Is- okay. <laughs> the two sides of the same. Coin. They kind of came to appreciate. Each other, I guess. guess. Like in heat, it's totally, it's totally unmotivating. It doesn't make any sense. Very weird. (laughs) And then, uh, and then it has a fucking great. uh, I mean, they take the marrow out of him. 
Yeah. In, in graphic fashion, I don't know what it actually looks like, but here there's a lot of it's blood glowing blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's so evil. His marrow is super radioactive. Um, and then the, and then there's just like a fucking great <laughs> stinger at the end where Keaton's like recovering in the hospital. And he's like, come here. How, how did the kid do? Guard, come tell me how the kid did. How the kid do? And the guy's like, ah, oh, he's going to pull through. He's going to be fine. And then he's like, then what? Keaton like. What? He like can't. Does he pretend he can't hear him yeah. or something? Yeah, he's closer, like, come closer, 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 come closer. I'm weak. And he's like, the kid's gonna fall through. And then he goes, answer me another question. And he's like, what? And then he like has he's, he's stolen got the, the guard's gun. gun at this point, and he points at him and goes, what kind of car do you have? End the end. And then and it, it plays, goes out on that. Uh, what's the song? It's big a wheel big wheel keep on, on turning, turning. which is just like weird. no, it just cuts right to rolling. Yeah. Rolling. I thought it was awesome. I thought that ending was great. I, do, I mean, I, it's stupid as shit. I do like that ending because yeah. I like that I like that he got a, gets away. I, yeah. I just wish... I love him. I just wish... But that's the thing. I think the movie... That's an awesome ending, and I went like, yeah. The movie didn't really earn that And then that I was ending. like, wait, no, I don't like no, this no. guy. This guy is not as cool as yeah. this movie thinks no, he is. No, no, no. But the, but the movie that they could have made, you know, the one that we're talking about, the hypothetical yeah. version of this movie that they think that they made, that they kind of like... That would be fucking awesome if you got through that whole thing and you're supposed to keep beginning the movie or go, whew, and you're like, wipe your brow, like, man, that was intense. What a and blast. They got the guy, and yeah. the guy got the marrow out, and Michael Keaton's character's still alive. Why is there this little stinger scene? And then he's got the gun at the guy's head, and you're like, oh, man, that's so cool. Yeah. They got away. But this movie kind of made me go, neat. And I like this song. Could have been Anaconda. Could- Instead, it's Desperate Measures. <laughs> uh, I, got a, I got a couple quotes here. Uh, there's one part that I thought was really funny where like the the kid is in his bubble and uh, Andy Garcia's partner has <laughs> been a bubble sh- boy. has been shot. He's like and- the moops. It was the moops. The moops. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Michael Keaton has been in the room like with a gun, holding the gun to Marsha Gay Harden's head. All yeah. this fucked up shit has happened. And then Andy Garcia and then and then Michael Keaton escapes again. And Andy Garcia comes back in and his kid goes, Dad, something went really wrong, didn't it? <laughs> Very astute, kid. You really Thanks. picked up on that, did you? Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, his are, kid, the kid's not always on yeah, top right. of shit. Kids I, are receptive. What do you think stuff? about that, Kev? Kids are more perceptive than we give them credit for. And then, uh, then we think a, they don't know what's going on. Then there's at a all. part when someone's like offering something to uh, Michael Keaton to like negotiate with him or something like that, and he goes, "If you can't eat it, drink it, fuck it, or fire it, I ain't interested." <laughs> Because he's a super genius. So what are they? What are they offering? <laughs> so what's that left? Doesn't, that doesn't yeah. qualify. Well, we've got some reading material here. <laughs> you could fuck a book. I think you could fuck this cantaloupe. Wait, no, you can eat it too. So yeah, yeah so yeah, I don't know. He's he's a genius yeah. who reads book about books about MS DOS and is a computer hacker and stuff, but is also just wants to fucking fight all the time. <laughs> that I don't guy's know like, is. I can't. I don't have security access to that. And he goes, Yeah, you don't. And then he breaks into the entire security system of the hospital and like. Shuts it down and shit. Yeah, he's classic. a he's a computer genius. White trash, MacGyver, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> he's he's Cyrus the virus. It does it. I you know it kind of it like sets up like it's fun that he get you know gets away at the end. But it, I, I in a way wish that there was a sequel to this where oh, Michael man. Keaton's character is on the run. <laughs> <laughs> and they have this Andy Garcia the old cop who can stop him because oh, they know each other. This sounds like a movie that shit. Aaron Eckhart would show up in, like in a small supporting Aaron Eckhart role. actually just plays the Andy Garcia part. Andy <laughs> Garcia didn't want they, keep, to do they keep calling but him was, by that name, but it was during that that fallow period for Keaton. So he's like, I'm still gonna be in it. Yeah, and they keep calling him the same name, and he's like, How's your son? And he's like, He's 15 now, or whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> he's, you know, whatever. he's out of marrow again. <laughs> 
His marrow supplies are very Ouch, low. Ouch, my marrow's low. His marrow meter is uh, right at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> all right. Ratings. Three Juds. Oh, good. Because it's fun. Zero it Douglas. It's not sleazy no, at all. No, I don't yeah. think there's a shred yeah. of sleaze in it. No. Yeah. And 10 out of 10 uh, surgical uh, surgical trauma room blowtorches, man. That shit was Fuck yeah. awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, I'm going to give it... I'm, I'm, I'm going with you, three Juds. Had a ball watching this movie. It's not good. Can't go any farther than that, but I, I had I thought it was a lot more fun. Nobody had ever told me this movie was fun or worth watching at all, and, and it was and I enjoyed it all the way through. Uh, zero negative <laughs> negative Douglases, just <laughs> not even a fucking trace of sleaze in it at all. I don't know how they would have gotten it in there, anyways. It's uh, it, it is what it is, and I'm gonna give it uh, one defibrillator escape scene. <clears throat> yeah, one wily e. coyote Acme brand <laughs> defibrillator Acme brand escape <laughs> magnet defibrillators yeah. or whatever the fuck is happening. Uh, I'm gonna give it two and a half juds. I, I thought it was fun, but I did get a little I did get a little bored with it like towards the it end it's a little repetitive you're just kind of like can it end now yeah it kept being like why is this still in the hospital and then when they got out of the hospital i was like this movie's still going it was the kind movie of, the so I kind of the hypothetical it. one in our heads is the movie where you're like this is still on yeah and this is the movie where like it's still on oh, this is, still, right, this is still going i kind of like by the action scene on the bridge i was like get to the part yeah. where it's over wrap it yeah. up uh so but i still had i still had fun watching it because it's uh d- it's dumb uh, it's dumb and fun. Uh, zero Douglases. I mean, I did negative one on the last one, so I don't want to do that again. Yeah, yeah. But this one is actually even less sexy or sleazy or anything. That one at least has the one good cop. At least has a couple scenes where you're like, apparently oh, this he makes couple, love to his wife. This, occasionally. Cu- this couple has sex, but like uh, <laughs> this, this is like has no, which was disgusting. This has no interest in that. Plus, the <laughs> Keaton character, who you feel like might say some disgusting things, really doesn't. There's not a lot of it. No, really... I was I was kind of bummed that he didn't yeah. have any like really gross racist shit that he said. You know, yes. like, we can like still justify later. Give him yeah. a fucked up rant. They, they're too busy yeah. trying to make him sort of likable for yeah. some reason. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, doesn't work. I'm gonna give it uh, one bubble boy. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, moops, the moops. <laughs> and oh, that's it. hey, this is Susan. She works for NBC. Oh, really? How about taking your top off? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, Bubble gonna, boy. On the next episode of the Seinfeld, next is episode. killing us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the next episode of the Suspense is Killing Us. We're doing Bubble Boy with Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> and Vern Troyer. <laughs> and, and that's Trail. it. We're just doing that. We're gonna. It's, it's gonna be a two-parter. It's gonna be a six-hour <laughs> podcast altogether about Bubble, about bubble, bubble, bubble Boy. <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen it before, is suspenseful as funny. all hell. Oh, that's oh what I meant. wow. Okay. Yeah. I can't follow you. We blew now. it. Wow, uh, I like Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy was funny. It was a good movie. <laughs> well, we'll do it someday. You ever seen it? No. It's good. All right. I'll Legit funny. Word. I'm taking your word for it on that All right. Part. Next time for real, we're doing What You Talking About, Willis. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do we're gonna Rowdy Harrington's striking distance. I am so excited about this next episode. We're like doing I can't even Richard Rush's Color of Night, Color a notorious of Night. Boondoggle. If you haven't Color seen of Color Night. of Night, please watch Color. Are we of doing Night. the director's cut? Uh, I don't know. Let's just do whichever, whatever one is easier. For the us director's cut's on Blu-ray and which, it's on HBO. Which right one now. has Bruce Willis's dick in it? Both. Oh well, it doesn't matter. Doesn't then. matter. And we're gonna wrap it up with. Uh, the legendarily awful Perfect Stranger, yeah, which is a second appearance by director James Foley, who did Fear. Oh wow! Okay, James Foley, how the mighty have fallen. And Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Good second second appearance by the director of uh, by uh, uh, Rowdy Harrington. Rowdy Harrington's getting a second striking, appearance. Yeah, yeah striking so. distance, striking distance, man. Oh, it's so good. Haven't it's seen so it since it, haven't seen it since high school. Who's the best cop? I just want you to remember who's the best cop. It's All not right. Michael Keaton. 
Okay. <laughs> but he is one good cop. He's one. He's only one good cop yeah. of many, is mm. what that movie's saying. Great I'm, film. I'm excited. Perfect Stranger is a really fun, bad movie, but uh, but Color of Night is one of the best, fun, stupid, ridiculous, bad movies. You, so highly recommend watching that before you get to it, uh, before you get listen to the next episode, or not. Who cares? It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, everyone everyone, keep uh, rating us on iTunes. Yep. You've always been doing a good job with that. Keep it up. Give We're us, on Stitcher uh, now. Five star. We're on Stitcher now. Uh, buy our merch. Go buy some t-shirts. It's a cool logo. Buy some t-shirts at their spread sh- spread shirt shop. Follow us all on uh, Twitter. We have a Twitter now. Letterbox. Suspense kills. Oh, yeah, suspense, suspense kills. At suspense kills on Twitter. Go there. We're on Instagram. And until then, the suspense is killing us. Boom. Bye. Boom boom.